Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Some may... Put the children to bed. It's time for Dan and Aldo to bare their souls. I love the Chicago Bears more than I do masturbating, and that is a lot. And with three seconds left, Bob Avellini throws a 30-something yard touchdown pass to Greg Latta, and the Bears win, and I literally shit my pants. I swear to God, I literally did. Eric Kramer, for me, I love the guy. He's a tragic figure. I mean, he embodies all that is. If they don't run the ball here, I'm going to vomit. I swear to God. Look, I don't mean any disrespect. He just didn't play that well. Not for a guy of his caliber. You know, they won, but I'm, I'm going to be miserable all week because they stunk. I don't, I don't really have any recollection of that at all, but I guess perhaps I blacked it all out. So, Dan, tape is the ultimate tool for scouts and for coaches to evaluate players, to detect plays and so forth, and they spend hours looking at tape, right? Why do they so often get shit wrong? I love the efficiency of bourbon. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan and Aldo. Good to be with you once again, Mr. Gandia. I just sent you. You were in this man cave 44 hours ago or something like that. Yeah, it's so, uh, like I said, it looks like a movie set. It's so impressive. I love the poster of us in the background. I mean, not to sound like a narcissist, but it's good (laughs) to see me in your fucking house, huh? But uh, I'm wearing your shirt. I want to give you props again. I just sent you the picture. uh, So. Uh, you bought me a Justin Fields T-shirt uh, with caricature of him at Dick's. Uh, I was about to say Dick's Swiss Burger. That's a local restaurant here <laughs> at uh, Dick's Sporting Goods. And uh, you're so kind for that. I bought his food numerous times. And, and once again, you're great to me, and I appreciate you. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. It was an incredible weekend. I mean. In my time here with the bar room since 2014, this might have been the most fun that I've had. Yeah, it is definitely the most fun that I've had with barflies and bar room show hosts. And we've had some nice get togethers in the past with a, a, a lot of our people. But man, oh, man, this particular weekend was just special. We had our party at the King's Entertainment, and I highly recommend anybody that's just going to go out for a drink to go hang out there, play some bowling, pool, or what have you. And and uh, they got so many screens; they got every game covered. And we had just a fabulous time. I got some video of it. It might be a little too early. I'll play it a little later. 
But uh, just to kind of demonstrate the good time that we had and for all you barflies that were there, thank you very much. And for all, all of you who couldn't make it, we're going to try to do this again next year. And hopefully uh, we'll have uh, even better attend attendance from our barroom show hosts um, and we'll have an even better time. So did you have a good time, brother? Yeah, it was yeah. good to meet people. Uh, like I said, uh Dan just says on the screen, he's sorry, he missed it. His, his wife was ill and they were driving late on Saturday. But again, I want to shout Dan out too for hooking us up. Good seats on Sunday. It was so fun. Uh, but I'll talk about that in a minute. To answer your question, yeah, Saturday was cool too. Like to, to meet Mike North, you know, the guy who's basically number one in the third radio market in, in the country for like a decade. I mean, just I felt yeah. like I was meeting someone really important, you know, and uh, meeting Buffon. You know, it was awesome. And uh, Neil Stopchinsky, good talker, man. Uh, and yeah. He and his lady. Uh, it was so fun. Uh, our guy, uh, Jay Bonds, coming out and meeting us. Uh, mm -hmm. Drove four was, hours. A barfly yeah. drove four hours for the event. And drove four hours back. And drove four hours back. Yeah, he didn't stay in town, you know, and he had his, his friend with him. I forget his name, unfortunately. But they are both so awesome to talk to. Everybody. I mean, every, it was... It was fun. It was like a homecoming event. It really was. It really felt great. And uh, what would have made it better, of course, do I have to say it, <laughs> is if the Bears would have won Sunday. Um, oh, it was God. truly a – it's going to be something that we will always remember as Bears fans, whether you were there or not. It was such a sensational performance by Justin Fields. And by the way, not a lot of people have brought this up, but when he scored that magnificent touchdown, which brought this expression to my face, I mean, <laughs> it was a, a, such an unbelievable thing because I, I don't think I've ever seen a human being run that fast. And I saw Willie Galt in, in person. I've seen other fast players, but he ran so fast. But I think what is incredible to me is what people didn't pick up on is that when he finished the touchdown run and he released the ball, he did the Michael Jordan shrug and nobody has said anything oh, the, against the Blazers. Yes. After the Cliff Robinson the six threes. Oh, the I didn't draft. notice that. I didn't notice yes. that. Yes. In fact, I thought I had it on video, but I, I'll, I'll look for it, but it just between Justin Fields sliding into the end zone after that week one victory of the 49ers, now his shrug, and who knows what's going to happen in these remaining games. He's got some more incredible theatrics for us. This he guy, had a similar touchdown in Minnesota, and they called it back in a bullshit penalty. Yeah, exactly. I was so glad they didn't throw a flag on this one because, like, mm -hmm. not to step on you, you were going to say there's so much more to come, you think. Yes, so much more to come that, you know, a lot of people have, have, have brought up the name Devin Hester in terms of, you know, his spectacular play. Well, you know, Hester did it, you know, from time to time. And I mean, still Hester should be in the hall of fame. I'm not knocking him at all, but this is the quarterback. <laughs> and he's going to do it more than time to time. This yeah. Cause Devin wasn't on the field every play, right? He was not on the field every play. And even when he was at wide receiver, he just didn't provide the theatrics that I, have seen so early on from Justin Fields and expect to see as time goes on. Dan Nor did he do that at cornerback either, for that matter. <laughs> My goodness. Probably a good decision to uh, move him uh, away from the cornerback position because if, if 
we saw him as a wide receiver and he was okay. If he wasn't any better at cornerback, he probably would have been a huge liability and may not have been able to concentrate on his return game. Do you remember those days with Devin Hester? There were were times where he went into a slump with his return game and people said it's because he's at wide receiver now. Yeah, it was in 08 and 09. He didn't have a kick return at all for a touchdown or a punt for that matter. He went from late 07. I don't remember if he got in the last game of 07, but it was near the end till until week three of 2010 against Green Bay before he had a return. So over two full years yeah. without a return. And uh, coincidentally or not, that's when he got moved to wide receiver uh, permanently as supposedly our number one, you know, around that same era too. Mm-hmm. After Barian left and and uh, and Muhammad left, mm-hmm. so one of the things in the media matchup that I put together and, and I basically kept it to uh, the two major local uh, terrestrial radio stations, uh, ESPN one thousand and the Score Sports Radio, but it seemed to, uh, to be a topic that came up in a number of their shows was, you know. Pump the brakes on Justin Fields. He still has a lot to prove. You know, so far it's looking so good. And I'm like, I I don't need any further proof to tell you this guy is going to be a bad motherfucker. He's He's already a a bad motherfucker. (laughs) Yes, yes. I mean, he does have to improve his passing game. You know, you want to see 300 yards passing. You want to see 400 yards passing. But – He's going to get there. There is no fucking doubt in my mind that he's going to get there. And part of that is what we're seeing from him in the run game and what it's going to open up. And once he gets the the all of the assets that he needs at, at the skill positions, this, is, this could be another Michael Jordan, another Walter Payton, the two greatest Chicago sports athletes that I got to witness. I, I, I'm – I'm on a high, man. I am on the, a high. Yeah, the I'm only negative that I can really – well, not the only negative, but, you know, because the defense, you know, we could talk about that later. But in terms of the offense, uh, I didn't – I mean, I noticed it while we were there, but after watching the TV copy some, I had a problem. Like, I just didn't want to watch Miami score on us. I just – I watched us on offense on the TV copy. But, man, the inability to for anyone else to run effectively mm-hmm. uh, was, was striking. And so I don't – I, I, I paid particular attention to Whitehair because he was just coming back and it seemed so unexpected. At least I didn't think it was this week. And then suddenly he's back. It felt like Whitehair really struggled from when I watched on TV. Uh, and again, I'm not trying to say I'm, I know anything more than anybody else, but maybe Schofield uh, should be playing if White, Whitehair looked bad from what I could tell. Yeah. And they couldn't gain but two yards a clip. Yeah. It, the offensive line was not blocking well for our running backs and that is concerning because that's been a big part of the offense and we shouldn't rely on Justin Fields to rush for how much was it 180 yards something like 179 I think 178 it was the the all-time record in the National Football League for a quarterback and in regular season game because uh, who was it in the uh, playoffs that uh, exceeded that Uh, Michael Vick Michael Vick. So God, Vick got that more in the, in the postseason. I didn't. I didn't even remember that. That's season game. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't remember because I know. I know. That's that's fairly incredible, though. Yeah. So I, I I'm just on a high, and and there's been this debate. It was covered. It will cover it a little bit in the media mashup, but you know, um, people whether people should be happy at the fact that we lost 
but oh, Justin oh. Fields made progress. And so it's almost a double win because now we're closer to getting a top five pick in the draft. And, you know, I don't know. I, I, I hate to even be talking about this topic. Y- yes, you know, it's important for Justin Fields to progress, but it's victories are important too. And I know that's something – Dan, after the game, you were you were uh, demoralized because it became oh, so close. Yeah, yeah. that that uh, pass interference penalty. It looked like the one of the Dolphins was was trying to uh, deliver the Heimlich maneuver. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the Kaepernick I see with the Packers in the 181. In yeah, I, I guess that was 2013 then. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the. That defensive, I mean, if you call the one on Eddie Jackson when he's looking back at the ball and trying to make a play on the ball and you call that pass interference and you don't call the intentional grounding late in the game that was clearly intentional grounding. Mm -hmm. And then you got a guy getting mugged and everyone has seen the still photo and you don't throw the flag on that, don't even call illegal contact. You you feel jobbed. I mean, you just feel like, come on, man, what was, is the game fixed? Is the integrity of the game in question? Like, look at this. You're showing the video footage of it. He, I mean, is he trying to check him for a hernia? <laughs> what what, what has happened? It was an X-rated act. I mean, it looks like he wants to screw him from behind there. <laughs> yeah, it just and both of them. It's a gang fuck right there. Yeah, and there's the guy, Ryan Dixon. By the way, he's who threw the flag? Yes. Who threw the flag on the other call? Indeed. Indeed, I that guy should be fired. That guy should be fired. I, I mean, if I fucked up that badly at my job, I would be out of there. And not only mm-hmm. that, I'd be prosecuted. And that yep. guy should be prosecuted. There's some in- integrity issue right there for him to throw the other flag and for him to stand there and look at that and say there's nothing. But then mm-hmm. again, why doesn't the crew come over like the leader, that guy with the glasses who clearly needs a stronger prescription? I don't know <laughs> what his name was, but why doesn't he come over and say, I'm the head official. We saw that. That's a flag, bro. Exactly. I mean, and then uh, go ahead, the St. Brown drop. I'm sorry, the St. Brown drop, which I was so down after the no call and fourth down, I didn't even see how badly the drop was until I saw it on TV. The same, I mean, Field still made a play after that. And St. Brown just, like you said, the, the people like Adam Schefter with the gloves on can make like 10 catches in a row just for like some B roll for ESPN. And, and, and St. Brown can't catch that? Yeah. That and was... I, I've defended this guy since we signed him, too. I'm not flip-flopping. I was in favor of signing him. I thought he had something to prove. But I think now he's just proven that uh, Green Bay was right in letting him go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, Well, you know, he. I'm not giving up on EQ. I'm not saying that you are. But, I, boy, that was, that was a kick to the balls. And, um, you know, maybe – they've got a surplus of wide receivers now with uh, with the addition of uh, Claypool and the return of Brian Pringle. I expect him to be back this week. And maybe it's, it's, it's just to bench EQ for this upcoming week and, and let everybody know there are ramifications. If you don't execute your job, you're paid to catch passes as you'll hear uh, Tom Thayer uh, talk about in the media mashup. And if you fail to, do so, then you're going to go to the bench or you may not even dress for a game. I think that would be fair. As much as I like EQ and as much as I'm pulling for him, there have to be consequences for this. Uh, I don't know if there will be, though, because he honestly, he is a great blocker. Yes. 
Yes. So but I don't know if they'll pool, you know, now Valus Jones is not a great blocker, but he's an okay blocker. Uh, Pringle, I think is an okay blocker. I can't say that with, with certainty, but we'll see. There's going, there's going to be a, a lot of interesting roster game day roster decisions being made because you'll want to take a look at all of these players before making big time decisions as to who's on the roster in 2023. So you can't say that Valus Jones is not going to play again. You've got to play him again and know if you need to acquire another receiver with those super speedy characteristics, uh, which is why they draft them. They wanted a speed receiver. So we'll see. I want a All receiver right. that when he's going downfield will catch the ball, though, like Valus didn't nice. in Dallas. I think that's why he wasn't dressed this yes. week, the healthy scratch. Yeah. Between that and his inability to catch the the, the punts and fumbling yeah. and losing two games. I mean, it's just another one of those games. Once more, your, your record is what it says it is. It's three and six. But the Bears could have easily won three or four more of these games. Mm -hmm. Adeptus makes a really good point about EQ, saying he's responsible for a couple of dozen yards just by holding some really good blocks. And that is fantastic. Uh, but, you know, we've also got to improve the passing game. And if you've got receivers who aren't going to hold on to big-time passes, that's not going to help your quarterback. And, you know, whether he needs any more encouragement from his receivers – that I don't think that's debatable. I think he he needs receivers who are going to consistently catch passes. That's going to help his development and and help the team. But yeah, Adeptus, I agree with you. It's great that he's holding his blocks. We've got a lot of great blockers at wide receiver. But let me give speaking catchers. Speaking of great blockers and someone that I need to give some credit for because I've been critical of him is Cole Komet. Komet mm -hmm. ran with power. Again, we were at the game. I don't recall whom he ran over, but he caught a pass, threw his shoulder down, ran over the guy on the far sideline. It was it was beautiful. He had two he had two running plays that were successful early in the game. He had the two touchdowns. Komet came to play on Sunday, and for someone that that I've you know said that I thought he sucked, I I want him to continue to to prove me wrong, man. I mean, I'm a fan of him. I want him to be successful and he looked good on Sunday. He really really did and it's it's so encouraging to know that that position, I mean we need we need uh, additional tight ends, but that position I think is going to be set with Cole Komet. Cole Komet is your tight end for the next 5 to 7 years. I really do believe he is he's not going to be the, among the best pass catching tight ends, but he's going to be among the best tight ends who can block really well and make catches and make some big plays. You know, he's he, his first couple of seasons with the Bears, he made mistakes that were frustrating. You know, he dropped some passes. He made some stupid plays and stuff. But he's a young kid. He's, what, 23, 24 years old? He's entering the prime of his mental and physical capa capacity. And he's I'm good really, friends with Claypool. And he is good friends with Claypool. Uh, exactly. And that, I think, means something, you know? Yeah. It, it's uh, this team – is uh, and I hate to you know from week to week we tend to overreact after a loss we're sad after but I I'm I'm on board man this team is looking like it's going to be a special team we just have to be patient it may not ha a Super Bowl may not happen in 2023 but I'm positive 
that if Ryan Poles makes a couple of good acquisitions and free agency with all that money that he has, drafts well, this will be a playoff team in 2023, and, and Super Bowl could be within reach as early as 2024. Who knows? Maybe even next year, as you always say. Why not us? Well, I mean, you know, there's still games left this year. I don't want to throw the white flag out yet. If the defense, you know, I know you traded your two captains, and now uh, you know, 93 is a captain, which is which is crazy. But uh, the thing, I think the coaches really let us down on defense. Looking at the small amount that, that I did on the TV copy, and mm-hmm. we were saying it at the game. We were like, dude, just bring, bring some pressure. I know you're afraid – to blitz because you don't want to leave somebody out, uh, you know, but when you're getting torched with these slants over and over and over or in the, the middle of that zone, I mean, uh, occasionally just do something uh, at the game. I think I was saying to you, I was like, can we please just get a safety blitz or a corner blitz? Just bring some pressure on Tua. You got to hit Tua. They only hit him like once all day. You're I think it was Justin right. Jones, right? Yes. That's why when it when don't be surprised Dan when the 2023 draft is over we're going to a lot of fans are going to be pissed off because i can't believe they focused on defense again with their first couple of picks well guess what we need a pass rusher we need two pass rushers so we need that all important uh three tech defensive tackle the new Tommy Harris we need them hit that person for this defense and you need an outside pass rusher so whether that comes, we need our Clay Matthews. For yes. years, he terrorized Jay Cutler. He just came in and all he did was pass rush and would always get the Jay. We need somebody like that to get to Rogers or to, to a, whomever we're playing against. Someone that comes in and literally get, like Robert Quinn last year. Mm-hmm. That's what we need. We need the 2021 version of Robert Quinn or Richard Dent. We need someone that's going to get double digit sacks. Mm-hmm. In addition, and no, maybe you get that in in the uh, like uh, in free agency. I don't know. Maybe you get a tackle in free agency on the other side of the ball. But I would say that you're going to spend some money somewhere for either a pass rusher or a quality offensive lineman, and then draft on the opposite end of that the one you didn't sign, probably. Yep. All right. Four thousand Clover says that on the Bear Football Show, Jordan Silvera, and I know that Danny Shimon said the same thing. He texted me. That they should. Oh, it's good to meet Danny football. too. By the way, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. I just wanted. I didn't want to slight Danny. Yeah, Danny's a great guy, isn't he? Yeah, oh yeah. It was. It was my pleasure to meet him as well. Yeah. So uh, they should have. They should have blitzed more. You, you're not getting there with the four man rush, and I know that a, a quarterback like Tua is probably smart enough to take advantage of blitzes. But you, this team has when it's blitzed. Blitzed. They've shown the capacity to disguise blitzes and bring people in and, 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 and um, a trick or, or I don't, I can't think of the best word, but you know, a uh, trick uh, veteran quarterbacks into, you know, not knowing where the blitz is coming from. They should have been able to do the same thing with Tua. I was surprised that they sort of, it was a very stubborn strategy by uh, Alan Williams. And, and I think, you know, they felt so confident that they had the right approach to beating Tua it was they were in essence blaming uh, the players for not executing the plan, and so they may be right, they may be wrong. I don't know, but I but, would have liked to have seen more blitzing. Yeah, because I mean, you've got Hill and Waddle just eating you alive, and you're just sitting there letting it happen. And I always blame Vildor, but he got hurt, so it wasn't mm-hmm. exclusively on Vildor. 
you got to make some kind of adjustment. Like I said, get out of that fucking zone for God's sake. Like you were saying at the game, let them go man up. I mean, something just change the look, confuse them. And, and I'm not advocating taking a cheap shot at two. when I say this, but he's punchy, man. He just came out of concussion protocol. He had some severe head injuries just a month ago. I mean, is he really back back? I mean, go hit that motherfucker and let's find out. I mean, get some pressure on him. And I'm not saying you should cheap shot him in any way. Do it within the confines of the rules. But having said that, be aggressive. It felt like we were too afraid, too passive. I agree with Uh, that, yeah. And that, that really hurt us. But if I'm playing devil's advocate against my own argument, Mm-hmm. The thing that in the end that beat us was that damn block punt. Mm-hmm. It, 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 you know, and the Bears outscored, the Bears offense outscored the Dolphins offense. It, it was the difference in the game was that block punt. Now, you can go, you can say, you know, of, well, of course, in the last few possessions, the Dolphins were more interested in uh, burning the clock than anything else. They were running the ball more than they did uh, earlier in the game. If Perhaps if they would have kept their passing attack, they would have, posted 50 points on the bears but nonetheless the the stats say the bears often scored more than the, bear, the dolphins offense and, and, and had more had time had possession more. too mm-hmm. that's something to really hang your hat on j2k asks uh where have you seen this much offense from uh from tressman's offenses uh, offenses in his year, time with the chicago bears i have to say that's that's it right <laughs> that's yeah it. in recent in recent times uh that would say 2013 trust me because 14 didn't really uh turn out the way we all wanted it to but 1999 bears man early in the the gary croton's first se- season under uh Geron, and we were scoring i mean the bears finished six and ten and i remember chris berman saying on espn the 2000 bears watch out for them like they're sneaky good and you know, I bought into that shit. And I'm like, yeah. And we drafted Erlacher, first pick, Mike Brown. And they they finished five and eleven next year. That offense fell apart and Gary Croton ran to BYU. So hmm. but that ninety nine uh, team was explosive too. Yeah, I I um I would have to do you remember um uh, oh, I forgot what I was going to say, but in, in any case, uh, Michael asks if Getsy gets a head coaching job. What do you think about Frank Reich taking over as offensive coordinator uh, if he leaves? If Getsy leaves, I, he thinks that's a strong possibility because perhaps he probably thinks that way because of the connection with uh, Eberflus. So I don't know. I uh, I'm a big Getsy fan. I would do whatever possible to keep him, but of course he's not going to say no to a head coaching position. I do think it's a little early. You know, yeah, I don't to- think it's a foregone conclusion. I mean, if you look at Hackett struggling so badly in Denver, I know Denver won in, uh, over in, in Europe recently, but for the most part, they he's been struggling. And, uh, you know, the Bears only have three wins. Mm-hmm. To me, usually an assistant that gets the job is someone that at least makes the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yep, indeed. Um, another question here is from um, – Ravi says, I enjoy watching the Bears. Is this what it feels like to have an NFL big boy offense? <laughs> it's true. It's like we, we've we never really experienced something where we can say, hey, if we get into a shootout, we could potentially win this game. <laughs> so, but I don't even oh. know if that's true. I don't want to be Dan Weeder today. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm just Dan Aguirre, <laughs> but Weeder, you know, is always Mr. Negative, and, and I'll stand by my opinion as his tweet conveyed on Sunday 
that he was like Fields, you know, oh, he had all these great yards, but what about his passing? How about the three touchdowns? But to to agree with that for a moment, and this is also a, a positive point because you're saying, you know, we could be better. Mm-hmm. It's still like there's so many things that we could do better, like running that ball with Khalil Herbert or David Montgomery. We've got to get that fixed. I don't know what's going on there. The running stats have been skewed as of late because of Justin's individual brilliance. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, if he would go down, I don't think the offense is playing that well, to be honest with you. I think Justin's playing that well. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Think- like, And I like, I like 15. I, I like him. I think Trevor Simeon's a good backup. I thought he played well in Denver when he had to. But I don't know if the offense is scoring 32 points on Sunday with Trevor in there. I think it's just the individual brilliance and the magnificent play of Justin Fields. And I'm not late to the game here. Uh, you know, I've been praising him and shout out to Sonny as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Yovanovich, I mean, he was, you know, on this as well. And I'm going to pound my chest a little bit and say I've been on the, this guy's bandwagon and he's proven to everybody he's a player, man. Shout out to King Pookie Nation, uh, Beto Alvarez, who every time we've done something with getting barflies together, he's like the first one there. He's been such a great supporter, and he asked the question, how close are we? I said earlier, you know, 2023 playoffs, 2024 uh, Super Bowl. What do you think? Uh, Do you have a shorter timeline than that? I mean, there's still time this year. I'm not saying you're going to win the Super Bowl. There's still time. Teams make moves. Like, I remember, okay, just to give you a quick one, Jacksonville, 1996, four and seven. Mm-hmm. And then back then there was only 16 games. Four and seven, they win their last five, and they go all the way to the AFC Championship. They lost mm-hmm. ultimately in New England. They beat John Elway in Denver that day. Mm-hmm. And they go from four and seven to nine and seven. How about the Giants? They were like under 500. They come into Chicago in 2007, beat us on the lakefront, and then eventually uh, go on a, str- a string there where they win every game except the finale against New England and then end up beating New England in the Super Bowl, whom was undefeated. But it all started by beating the Bears and going on a run. So maybe, I mean, you know, until it hasn't happened, it, it could still happen. Yep. All right, let's get to our media mashup. You mentioned Dan Wiederer in that tweet. He's going to be asked about that. Um, oh, God. I wish I would have written down a log of everything we've got. I've got lots of really good material. As I said earlier in the show, It's uh, all of it is from ESPN 1000 and the Score Sports Radio. Dan, I want to do something a little different. We've touched on it. A little, we've, we've done it a little bit in the past, but at, your mic is going to be hot throughout this. So at any point, if you want to stop, uh, the audio and comment on something. Let's do that. Let's have a little fun, a little something different. Like mystery with... science theater. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I love that. <laughs> By the way, I, I've only seen like maybe two or three of those. I, I, I need to find where those are because I, I really want to s- sit down and watch those because the concept is so good. And I love those cheesy black and white movies that uh, they really focused on with their commentary. Who was behind that? Do you know? Was there, you know? I don't recall. My high school girlfriend had me watch those all the time, though. That was her shit. And, uh, you know, it was pretty good. Yeah. All right. Here we go with our media mashup. Well, we we have uh, information here. I don't know if it's breaking news or not, but we finally have figured out the name 
of the official. It is Tim Donaghy. <laughs> no, was... no, no, it's not. Oh, Number 25, Ryan Dixon, not oh, Tim Donaghy. I'm sorry. Fred, I'm sorry. I, I misspoke. Field judge. Yeah. Missed the call. Missed the pass interference. Yeah. Humor is not a strength of Mully in the Hawk show. <laughs> but that was funny. He's talking about that official that fixed games in the NBA. <laughs> that was fun. It was a funny line, but it was not delivered with comedic timing. Like you No, know. I agree with you there. I did laugh, though, because it was that NBA official that admitted games were fixed. Indeed. <laughs> End of the game. Yeah, I mean, that was, uh, was past interference. And you're going to see that from time to time where there's a call that Looks like it should be made, and, and it and it isn't. Uh, and um, you know they had called uh, the same cornerback earlier in the game for pass interference against the same receiver. Keon Crossing got called for that early in the first quarter. I think it was the third snap that Chase Claypool was on the field, um, and they threw the flag in that instance. It was twenty-eight yards. It would have put him in field goal range uh, and put him close to being able to get a go-ahead uh, touchdown at the very end. So that has to be disappointing. I'm sure the Bears will turn the play into the league for a, uh, hey, can we get some clarification on if this should have been pass interference, just so we know. But uh, other than that, uh, it's not going to do a whole lot for them as they uh, tie a bow on this one and begin preparation for the Detroit Lions. All right, Brad. So I love the comparison you made to Devin Hester and your 10 thoughts on chicagotribune.com with Justin Fields. I think when you look at the ridiculous nature, as Jeff Joniak referred to him, or just the special quality that we saw yesterday, it felt like even though this was the 19th start for Justin Fields in his NFL career, the start of something else, the start of something that is going to be one of those days where you look back and I was there the day that Justin Fields broke the record and it could be the start of something bigger and better. How would you put it into perspective? I got yeah, I think you. the last three weeks have been impressive. I'm sorry, Dan, did you say something? Yeah, I got something for you. I just wanted to point out, he said that he was there, being David Haw. Mm -hmm. You and I can say we were there for Fields' first start in Cleveland and his record-breaking run in, uh, Detroit, uh, against, uh, in Chicago against Miami. So we were at both of those uh, now important Justin to, Fields games. We need to finish that trilogy, Dan. Oh, hold on, let me put me on, on camera here. We need to finish that trilogy, Dan, and that means that Vikings game that you and I are going to, that final regular season game, has to be a, another Justin Fields monumental game where he says, motherfuckers, I did it. I got us into the playoffs, or motherfuckers, watch out for me in 2023. I'm going to kick the NFL's ass with my talents. <laughs> I agree. That'll be great. I mean, just the dichotomy between that first start and what we saw yesterday is almost like holding your baby. Not that I'm a parent, but like holding a baby and then seeing him graduate high school. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it. Impressive with how uh, he's able to help the off, put the offense in position to score. And yesterday, how he's able to score for the offense, what he accounted for four touchdowns, a career high three. Uh, touchdown passes, the one 61-yard run. You know, they've scored 94 points the last three weeks, and I wrote about it last night. Uh, I believe that six times in the Super Bowl era, the Bears have had games where they've uh, at least a three-game stretch 
where they've scored 29 points or more, and that's what they're in right now. Uh, so it's sort of um, you know uncharted territory in these parts. This doesn't happen very often. The quarterback's job is to help put points on the board, so he's been uh, very effective in, in that matter the last three weeks, and so therefore there's definitely reason for some excitement uh, and optimism as they, you know, tr- try to try to grow this thing. And, and you go back to the mini buy that they had after the bad, bad loss on Thursday night to the commanders. And it, they talked about trying to play to the strength of their players and sort of minimize the weaknesses. And I think we've seen the coaching staff do a really good job of that in the three games since that loss. I'm so glad that uh, Adeptus mentioned Andrew Janako because if we do lose Luke Getze, if this uh, offense continues to progress and continues to average 30 points a game, yeah, then then Luke Getze probably will get a head coaching job somewhere. And so I immediately panic when we start to lose great coaches. When Buddy Ryan left, I cried. And if we're going to lose Luke Getze, the, the idea of Janoko filling in could uh, at least uh, placate me or, or just make me feel better. What do you think about that? Did you cry when Greg Landry left? <laughs> <laughs> I cried when he was signed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. What was the question again? I fucked it up. I, I you know, I, do you have any concerns at all about Luke Getzey potentially leaving the Chicago Bears? And, yeah, I mean, because you don't want Justin with a third different coordinator in year three. Then you're starting to get into Cutler territories. That's what hurt Jay so much. Oh my gosh, you're so right. Greg Gabriel pointed out today that. Uh, uh, Fields has had four different coordinators in five seasons when you go back to his college career. You know, he was at Georgia, went to Ohio State, and then Nagy, and and uh, and uh, now uh, uh, Getsy. So that's four different coordinators in five years. Not not a good thing. So, and, uh, and how many of those, like earlier, we were asking about Frank Reich. How mm-hmm. many of the Philadelphia people have been successful outside of Doug Peterson that were on that staff? I mean, we already had D. Filippo, whom you know both of us liked, and he had those those videos that you referenced that were so phenomenal and teaching and just he knows his shit but uh, they just can't keep a gig mm-hmm. that that coaching tree cliff is saying stop being debbie downers gets you over here next year okay cliff i i hope so i don't think it's <laughs> debbie downer i mean i love cliff but i'm just saying i don't know if we're being debbie Downer. i i don't i think gets might be here just because we're not winning enough as of right now Right. It, it, it Usually these young coaches that get these opportunities are coming from winning teams. It's uh, I can't think of anyone Im- uh, off the top of my head, one of these young offensive geniuses who got hired if when, when their team didn't make the playoffs. And the Denver and- thing's got to hurt him too mm-hmm. with his buddy from Green Bay just being so you know average to below average right now as well. So Very good point. Uh, very good point. All right, Tom Thayer, this one is dedicated to you. Not because I like to have you be disappointed, but I like the fact that you're viewing this game the way that I would expect you to view this game. You're in the minority in Chicago. You know that. You've been here long enough to realize why. I'm just curious, from your perspective, how do you think this is viewed and what is the tone or the mood at Hallis Hall this morning because of what they saw and what they see happening with Justin Fields 
despite you know everything else that's going on and what may be negative? How how are they balancing things out in terms of their emotions at Hallis Hall? Well, you know, to me, when we get to talk to Matt Eberflus immediately following the game, and he comes and Jeff gives Jeff says, "Give us your perspective on the game," and he's got a lot of glowing stats that do support a, a positive performance about the offense. And yeah, when you add a you know a historic running event by a quarterback, a lot of other numbers happen to work out in the right direction. But ultimately, it's a it's a supporting cast game. How does your defense complement your offense and vice versa? And then how does your special teams complement both facets? And you gave up the punt for the touchdown. The defense really didn't stop anybody. So there's a lot of nice things to say about the quarterback position. But to me, I, I kept thinking in my mind during the broadcast of the game of Randall Cunningham in the 80s. Um, here's a guy that is such a dynamic athlete. If you rushed him and he head faked you, he was going to turn it into a 60 yard run, just like Justin does. And if you don't have a solid, uh, performance by everybody, it's impressive to watch a dynamic quarterback like that, but it is still about how all the pieces fit in together. So, yeah, I'm, Hey, listen, I'm excited about the development of Justin Fields. There's no doubt about it. I think this guy's got a super bright future, but you know, the physicalness of the quarterback has got to be determined by the quarterback. If he's just running on an emergency kind of eject the pocket type of a feel, then you're, you're adding that physical element to the position and to the, what it does to a body over a 17 game period of time. So you, you need everything to complement everything or, you know, you just don't want to go to the podium after the game and talk about how, how great the quarterback did, but you still lost the game. You want to talk about wins and how, you know, it, it affects your future. And are you ultimately trying to get yourself in position to win the division? And that's got to be your goal. It's not about, you know, having this asterisk next to Justin's name in the Chicago Bears record book that is the greatest running, you know, by a quarterback in history. When you think of guys like Bobby Douglas or Vince Evans, and, you know, I heard you guys talking about Sid Luckman and his his lack of running ability. But um, so, yeah, listen, I'm a, I'm a Bears fan, and I, I want to see him to go 17-0 and every year, but that's just not going to happen. And I am excited to see the development of Justin – and what Chase Claypool and Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney and the rest of the guys can do to help this offense and, and the running game. But, um, it, you know, it's going to be about team improvement to win games. And win the Dan, I dedicated that clip to you because when, when he started talking about, you know, that he was disappointed that we did not win, it, it mirrored your feelings after the game. You, I mean, you were definitely happy with Justin Fields' performance, but you were so upset that the Bears <laughs> did not win this thing. So I was, I was, man, I was in the dumps. Uh, a couple of thoughts. First off, Tom Thayer is so good as an analyst, just fucking amazing. Um, silky smooth. I mean, just perfect at it. I like Jeff. I do. I don't know if, as bad as I hate to say it, I don't know if Jeff's better than the trader that went to Green Bay, Wayne. But, uh, but Tom's, Tom's so good. Uh, I, I love the comparison to Randall Cunningham. I, I think I made that myself earlier in the year. He reminds me fields, at least the potential of like Randall Cunningham, Steve McNair, 
the late Steve McNair or maybe early John Elway, although Elway's arm was superior to Fields. I mean, that's just, that's true. But Elway ran like that early on in his career. But Randall Cunningham's probably the best comparison. But yes, the loss, uh, it was demoralizing. Because like, we just thought, and I think you have some video that we you can show later. Like there was a sequence where if it was because the defense hadn't stopped anybody all day. If it's third down or fourth down, I, I was like, okay, I can't watch. And I put my head down, and then every time I didn't watch, the Bears suddenly started getting off the field. And it was amazing because it happened like two straight series or three straight series, whatever. And you just thought, okay, we've gotten the ball back. Oh, we didn't score. But we got the ball back after a punt that we all debated. And it's like, okay, now we're going to at least tie it. Now we're going to tie it. And then when that didn't happen, it's just like Dan was looking at me. Look at me, Dan. Look in my eyes. We're going to win this game. We're going to win this game. Remember that? Yes. (laughs) Let me give a shout out to Dan again, too. The I told you this privately, but camaraderie uh, I'm not used to because, again, not being around Bears fans. And even at the game, I'm not the guy that's like trying to seek out people I don't know or not that Dan doesn't know me, but, you know, I'm not giving high fives and stuff. I'm just talking to you, basically. Mm-hmm. So for him to kind of force me to do something that's not really what how I really am, but it was so fun. It was so fun. Just first down, let's high five everybody. Fuck it. Let's hug. You know, like, let's do everything you weren't supposed to do when the pandemic started. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it was so fun. The day was so fun. We had good weather. It was sunny, you know, just everything. It felt like we're in the middle of a game. He's going to he's gonna do it. He's going to do it. And then when it didn't happen, it did leave me in the dumps, man. It, it did. I Because I thought it was another game we should have won. I got to share this uh, based on, you know, uh, what you just said. It reminded me that at this game Sunday, there was a guy a row or two back. And whenever there was a great Bears play, this motherfucker would grab me and start shaking me. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Like, I, I thought you knew him. No, I had no idea who this guy was. <laughs> At first, I was like, yeah, cool. Well, yeah, yeah, we're a great touchdown. The second time, okay, you know, not too hard here. I'm going to fucking break my neck. And the third time, I was ready to turn around. Dude, stop it already. But th- the thing is, is that it reminded me, um, gosh, and I wish I had your memory uh, as to uh, timelines, but the Bears were playing the Cardinals late in the season. It was snowing. It was really cold. The Bears 79? 79 thank you the bears needed to win that game to get into the playoffs they had to win 30 or whatever it was because yeah not to interrupt your story but washington washington was at dallas that day the bears Mm -hmm. needed washington to lose and they washington had a 13 point lead with like two minutes to go and they lost by one Mm -hmm. stop back in his last win ever threw a touchdown to tony hill that saved the Bears. But not only did the Bears need Washington to lose, they needed to win by at least 30, and they did. And another fun fact from that game, not so fun, that's when Muggs Hallis died. Yes, that's right. We, uh, we arrived at the game with news that Muggs had died. But at that point, you know, I didn't know much about – you know, the hierarchy with with uh, the family, uh, but it was clear that he was going to be the next guy in charge and that his dad had kind of set things up for him to be the man, but he died unexpectedly. But at that game, uh, my bro- uh, my uh, buddy uh, 
we used to call him Valachi because he looked like Charles Bronson. Bronson. And uh, Valachi brought a portable TV set with, with the antenna. And so we were watching the game on TV, battery-powered TV, and being there. And so the Valachi papers, indeed, uh, Tooch, exactly. We, we, as kids, we went to go see that movie, and uh, my my friend Luis Ortiz uh, was given the name Valachi because he had pockmarks from his acne and stuff, and he looked like Charles Bronson. But in any case, at that game, I'm announcing the game. You know, I'm looking down at my monitor. We had similar seats where we uh, that we had this this uh, uh, previous game. But uh, not quite as good, closer to the field. But but I'm looking at the monitor and I'm saying, Peyton to the 15, the 10, the 5, touchdown! And this guy from behind me is grabbing me and doing the same thing. It was such great memory. Uh, but this past Sunday, uh, it was a little too much. Anyway, <laughs> here we well, go. Before you start up again, we maybe we should wait till later. But I think you should tell everyone the wheelchair story, too. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll share it now. I shared it uh, on the Gabriel uh, Talks Football Show to, uh, today. At the end of the game, I'm walking out. Dan and I are walking out, and this woman with beautiful, beautiful light blue eyes, she's seated, seated in a wheelchair, and she says, "Hey, aren't you Aldo? Don't you do a podcast with G Greg Gabriel?" And I go, "Yes." She goes, "Oh, I love your show. I've, I, I've." listen to a lot of bears podcasts and it's all white not she didn't say white men she it's all a middle-aged men whining about the bears <laughs> you she's talking about me it. and that's okay <laughs> <laughs> i did think that immediately Dan. When she i agree i agree greg's not whining he's telling people to go fuck themselves <laughs> that's right she was here and then you were right behind her in my field of vision so when she said that i kind of looked up at you <laughs> but it was a tremendous compliment from a very lovely lady and so that was one another one of the highlights of a fucking great great weekend all right back it to was like i between that and like i said just the camaraderie even though the guy was about to put you in traction uh, <laughs> yes. grabbing you I just, like I said, I'd never had that before. I, you know, I thought I, I had like the time of my life during that, I guess you could say to use a cliche, hell, it, after this is over, we should bring another Dan on. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. And the two just standing by as well. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can't forget Mr. Santucci, who was also good to see again on Saturday. And I can't wait for his bare state of affairs, which I, I can see that he's writing right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's laughing no he's not okay uh here we go media mashup stealing my bit you're yesterday you're doing what i'm often accused of when you when you tweeted out justin fields 178 rushing yards i believe establish a new regular season nfl single game record for a quarterback still when the bears needed to throw it late they couldn't do it we're all dancing all right. around with our pants off here and you're like well wait a second stop having fun so I listen, like I think that one got uh, misinterpreted a little bit. I can tell you that I tweeted that before getting on the elevator to go down to post game. And by the time I got down to the, uh, the bottom of the elevator, there was like a thousand comments on it. Like it was, it was the fastest commented tweet in the history of my Twitter life. And really, I was see that then that that's what he wants. That, that's so why is, he, is he being Steve, Steve Rosenblum is what you're thinking? Yes. Yes. Jay Mariotti, Steve Rosenblum. I mean, the, the thing about Dan Weeder, um, and I actually I love his writing. He's an outstanding writer. He knocks out twenty seven hundred words or whatever it is, 
uh, or used to for the Sunday newspaper. Uh, the fucking Sunday Tribune now is about two pages uh, thick for the sports section anyway. But he writes beautifully and he has interesting thoughts. And I really do believe he's a nice guy, but I think he's taking that page out of uh, who did you just mention again? Um, Steve Rosenblum. Steve Rosenblum, the Jay Mariottis, the Colin Cowards. They want to rile up the. So he's a wrestling uh, bad guy. Yeah, I, I I really do believe it. I mean, just listen to what he just said. I I, I think that he's he's tweeting things out and sometimes writes things out to get a reaction from people. It'll get him a name. There's been some words. Uh, there there's been some reports that he was upset that he. Uh, was not given that ESPN 1000 job and ESPN for Jeff Dickerson. That yeah, and Courtney Cronin uh, got that uh, instead of him, and she's a new person in town. She covered the Vikings. Now she's in Chicago. ESPN is trying to make her a star, and Dan is a weederer. I wonder. I'm not saying this is true, but I wonder if if he is just a little bit upset that uh, he was bypassed for that. And if I was him, I would be by, I would be upset too because I, I, you know, I think he's a talented guy, like I said. Uh, but Courtney is really good too. So it is I don't like Dan, and I said on Twitter a few years ago that I called him Mister Negativity, and he got really salty responding to me, if you recall. But yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of Mister Weeder because of his his bullshit takes. You know, his hot takes just pandering. Yeah. And I agree with Ryan. He's not nearly as hot as Courtney Cronin. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I would much rather. Uh, well, I better not go there. <laughs> I think my wife was watching tonight's show. Anyway, uh, here we go. Back to, back to the media man. He's not trying to rain on the parade that was yesterday for Justin Fields. It was just a, a thought at the final gun there that there was a, a golden opportunity there to, to really put the punctuation on the day with two drives to either take the lead or, or at least tie the game. And they didn't get okay, it done. Stop, 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 stop. Please stop. Uh, stop. You go back and stop. look at those last two Hold drives. On. They had 12 passing my plays. Cursor. My cursor disappeared on me. 10 go. seconds, 10 seconds. Fields did leave, lead a drive when he needed to pass. One pass was dropped by St. Brown, and the other one was a bullshit non-call. So you can't say Fields was unable or incapable of leading the game-tying or game-winning drive when – most people would say fair-minded people that he did enough to win, but go ahead. You are absolutely right. I am so glad you point pointed that out. It's like, was Dan Weeder really watching the game and didn't notice the drop passes? Didn't notice that passes like to chase Claypool should have been completed if it wasn't for this blatant uh, ass fucking by the Dolphins uh, defensive back. I mean, he would have had a hundred more yards passing if it wasn't for the drops and 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 bad penalty calls. I, I they were trying they, to give Claypool a circumcision on the field, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they didn't even call a flag. I mean, or throw a flag. It's man, come on, man. See, I don't even want to hear Weeder. Like you said, he's just saying shit to try to please give me attention. Should I skip his section? Oh, if you want to keep playing, I'm not telling you how to, to, to play quarterback here. I'm just saying that he's begging like just for for clicks and, and responses. And it's it, I mean, I guess we all are fuck. So maybe I'm being disingenuous by uh, attacking him. No, it's fun to attack him. <laughs> Somebody said something that I would drink Corny Cronin's bathwater. I can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, back to it. <laughs> 
they only came away with two completions for three yards, right? Which tells you that there's still some things going a little bit haywire with your passing game. They are still dead last in the NFL by a country mile in passing yardage, and we all acknowledge that that needs to get better. Now, that said, it was an incredibly electric day for Justin Fields. It was an incredibly promising day for the Chicago Bears offense. There is no denying any of that. It was a, a huge step in a month that has included a bunch of huge steps. And so you see where the arrow is pointed. Now it's all about just trying to figure out how you can, can continue this run and make sure it becomes consistent for who you are. I can tell you both sitting at the game yesterday and feeling entertained as an observer and then re-watching it and being like, wow, this is a, a lot different experience than, than some of the rewatches of September or even 2021 or 20 or 19. Uh, there's something happening here, and, and, and there's no question that the Bears have to figure out how to, to figure out how to. Suspect. They lack talent by design. It's transitional year. Paying guys to not be on the team. For- Dis- disaster by design, as David Haw put it. Oh, I, I didn't hear that. Yeah, but that that's what it is. It By, with intention. Coordinated catastrophe. Yeah, it's... By the way, uh, Dan, uh, on today's uh, Gabriel Talks Football, uh, another outstanding show by Greg, he said, uh, um, well, what's his first name? Parkins. Uh, David Parkins? No. Gosh, do you know his first name? I'm forgetting it. I forget it as well. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Parkins, so I'm, I'm embarrassed that I'm forgetting his his name, but Danny Parkins. Thank you, uh, to Yes. Uh, <laughs> Greg Gabriel says, Dan Perkins doesn't know shit about football. I gotta isolate that and send it to Dan Perkins on his Twitter timeline and get a get a fight going between those two guys. I like Perkins better than I do the Bernstein. Yeah, you know the thing with both Perkins and Bernstein, I don't necessarily agree with them, but I do think they are talented broadcasters. It's like I was talking to Buffon about that. Uh, when he was at the house this weekend and I said, you know, Colin Coward, he's an idiot, you know, but the guy is a talented broadcaster and Buffon pointed out that he read Colin Coward's book and Coward said, you know, I'm purposely opinionated even on things that I don't know much about because I can always say, I'm sorry, (laughs) I was wrong. (laughs) And he does. And that's not a bad approach to being a broadcaster you know say something outrageous and then if you're wrong admit it and then go ahead and say something outrageous again it's it's that's not what i want to be as a broadcaster or have been as a broadcaster but it seems to work for some people i'll say something outrageous dan weeder has a small cock <laughs> I'll send them that one too. <laughs> they're not trying to lose, obviously, but they're trying to evaluate a roster and maximize flexibility for next offseason and beyond and purge the roster of the guys that aren't quote unquote theirs, keep the few who they really like, mm-hmm. and then build around them. Darnell Mooney loves everything that's going on. Now, he's on an offense that didn't trade away two veteran captains. You know, they traded for Chase Claypool. But he said after the game, I don't see any flaws in our organization. That's what Darnell Mooney said about the whole thing. He loves what the coaches are doing, what the GM's doing. That's just a young young buck, a fifth-round pick who's making his name in the NFL. But he sees what they're doing. And these these guys know what's happening. 
And the sad part is it's not about it's not about those guys on defense. I mean, it's nice that Jack Sanborn is sliding in and doing his thing. Like, good for you, uh, Nick Morrow. You know, Justin Jones is playing his ass off. He's playing hard yeah. as the three-tech and showing up. Uh, everybody else on that D-line, I don't know who's the future and, and who's not among everybody, literally everybody else on that D-line. Texter says none of those front seven defensive players will be starting in two years. and They shouldn't be on any NFL team. Are we sure polls can acquire real talent? Let's forget the can polls acquire real talent piece for, for a second because like time will tell on that. That's an interesting uh, thought exercise. You know I love those. When the Bears win their next playoff game, how many players on this current team do you think are on that team? It's a great question because Dan Weeder brought it up. There are four people on this roster who were on the team that lost to Philly in the double doink. That kind of blew my mind. Eddie Jackson, um, Cody Whitehair. Patrick Scales. And DeAndre Houston Carson. That's it. Who are on this team. And I know that that feels pretty recent, but that's how quick things go. That's how quick the turnover is. Um, I don't know if they'll turn over from their own guys as aggressively as they turned over from Ryan Pace's guys. No, they they won't. But like, but how many of these guys are really their own guys, or are these guys transitional pieces? Right? They used fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. A lot of undrafted free agents. It's a very very young roster. Mm-hmm. Next year, you have two seconds, two fourths, two fifths. You have more draft capital. You got more free agent space. Like you know, th- th- there's going to be. It's, some of these guys are placeholders right right now. You know, uh, some some guys might be placeholders who are starting uh, on, on this offense. Right, Dominique, on, on Dominique Robinson, Dominique Robinson, Travis Gibson, Armon Watts. I mean, those yeah. are your starters on the D line, other than Justin Jones. Yeah, I mean, it's it's double digits. I would think. Like, if they, if you think they're winning a playoff game in the next three years, it's definitely going to be d- double digits. But it's uh, you know the foundational pieces that are here right now. You would say it's Jalen, Justin, hmm. Mooney, Komet, and maybe Eddie and Eddie Jackson. Brisker, 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 and Gordon. You I, hope? Would, I would assume Brisker and Gordon both. Yeah, I, I was struck by the fact that Kendall Vildor is only twenty four. They need to get a, a better cornerback than that, but he is only 24 years yeah, old. Yeah, he's not as bad as we talked about him being last year. Yeah. He's but, not good, but not good. but I wouldn't put corner terribly high on my list of offseason priorities. The prevailing uh, opinion I kept hearing yesterday was, boy, what a hell of a loss. That's how you want to lose. If you're going to lose, lose in spectacular fashion where Justin Fields looks great and the Bears fall just short. Correct. So that they can get a high draft pick and then whoever that – Receiver, left tackle, run stuffer defensively. Somebody. Oh, we got a stud up front. Mm-hmm. That's what they're all in for. I'm good with it. I'm okay. But here's the question for you. Mm. What if the Lions come in and beat them? Be- be- before we go on on this, uh, and that's a great question, what if the Lions win? Um, I'm surprised that Cap would say that because a few years ago, um, he said something about I was watching him on the on the Cap and Haw show. They show that I would watch all the time and I would call in all the time, as Dan remembers and reminded me that I did. Cap used to say, you know, if the Cubs don't win the World Series, then the se- it's a lost season. So what's the difference here? Why why is he now so so 
accepting of the fact that he's willing to accept losses as long as the quarterback progresses. Do you have any idea why he might feel that way, Dan? I, I think you're making an excellent point. I I don't know. I think there was so much, you know, angst with the Cubs because it had been over 100 years. Maybe that's the comparison that he thinks that the Bears – maybe it feels more – probable that the bears could do this in a year or two versus the cubs and you think it's never going to happen because it hadn't happened and that's the only excuse i can give you but i can't tell you herschel walker's winning right now (laughs) no please don't (laughs) by the way when somebody in the chat room said what's the over under on dan having political speeches tonight (laughs) no no speech i just said with 71 percent reporting herschel's in the lead so uh, 71 percent holy cow all right back to it well here's what i look at with this right because i'll go and tell everyone because i know we have new listeners every day my initial thought for the bears was seven and ten and i said seven and ten not because i thought the bears would be good Mm -hmm. because you and i are in lockstep when we talk about the lack of talent and playmakers on this football team you knew what the uh, plan was for polls when he got here. Some did, some are late to the party when it comes to understanding the plan. You and I knew that this was a rebuild trying to get better for year two, year three moving forward. So my point is, is that when it comes to losing to bad teams, okay, that's irksome to me. Against the Dolphins, against the Dallas Cowboys, Cap, that's going to happen. The, the Bears have lost five of their last six mm-hmm. and a lot to pretty good teams. So Losing against the Lions stings a little bit because there will be losses down the road. Not against the Lions, but I believe down the road there will be losses for the Bears. So I would prefer them not to lose on Sunday. So if they lose to the Lions, does it undo all of the goodwill that we've engendered the last few weeks where Justin's played this well? Or can people see, hey man, it's one game, relax, we're going to be okay it's just going to take time. That I think if we come in here Monday, yeah, Justin got sacked four times by Aiden Hutchinson, threw a pick, Bears lost 24-20, people are going to be furious. Well, yes, if the Bears, if Justin underachieves, because right now he's riding some momentum offensively. But he's not going to achieve at the level we want every week. No one does. Yeah, but he's on a he's on the on the upside now, on the upswing. He's on a heater. Yeah, at the against the Patriots, against the Cowboys and the Dolphins, uh-huh. we haven't seen production like this since Eric Kramer on a regular basis. I mean, that's that he's riding the crest of some good offense right here. So I don't want them to go back. Look, you're going to lose games. I just don't want the offense to go backwards. I'm having a fun time. Even though the the uh, Bears have lost two of their last three, I want the offense to still keep percolating in the right direction. Completely agree, but that's not going to happen every week. But not against it's not. Lions. We'll do that against... We watched the Chiefs the other night on Sunday Night Football, and they couldn't get anything going. We'll do that against the Jets or the Packers. Okay, Let's, let's not do it against the Lions. Come on now. The Lions are just not a good football team. It's funny. I agree with Jay Hood there, uh, but I don't agree about the Packers. Uh, I'd rather beat the Packers than the Lions, but I agree. This should be a no-brainer. Greg Gabriel said, I asked him, Greg, why do you think the Bears are going to beat the Lions? And Greg said, because they're a better team. Silence. He said it all. 
he didn't amplify, he didn't uh, elucidate on it any further than that. The Bears and the Bears are a better team. You want to make a prediction for Sunday's game, Dan? I don't like to to shit talk the Lions like everybody else does. Remember, again, from the Trestman, Fox, or into early Nagy area, there was a point where they beat us seven straight times. So I'm not going out on a limb and saying they're going to beat Detroit. They should win. They're at home. How about I that? Think, I think that with the exception of a few positions, like we have a better quarterback, we have better running backs, although that's that's close. The biggest advantage the Bears have over the Lions this week is the coaching staff. I'm convinced of that. As as much as we're down on Allen Williams, and right rightfully so. Yeah, <laughs> pinch punch. You owe me a coke. <laughs> rightfully so. But uh, they've they've got a bunch of charlatans uh, coaching that team over there. Dan Williams is is a charlatan. He, he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know the rules of the game. His idea of leadership is to get emotional and cry. He's, 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 he's a special teams coach. That's what Dan Williams is, you know, because special teams is all about emotion. Mike Ditko is a, the best example of that. But Mike was able to make the transition to head coach, but it, but it was a painful transition at first. I mean, the guy's temper – I won't get into all that because we got more media clips to. But you, you Dick, Dick Vermeil, Dick Vermeil was emotional as a head coach, and it worked. That is true. That is true. But uh, Vermeil, I mean, uh, Vermeil was was a good delegator. He knew he had with Mike Martz a offensive genius for that era and for that time, and so he allowed Mike Martz to run with the offense, and that's why they won a Super Bowl. Like Mike Ditka hated uh, Buddy Ryan getting all the credit, but he didn't. He didn't get in Buddy's right way very often. You know, the one time that he did was that Miami game. Uh, aside from that, I can't think of any other time that Buddy Ryan. Well, uh, Buddy Ditka. hated Ditka getting the credit too, though. Oh yeah, and I can see that. I, I can understand that. But anyway, back to our media mashup. Should have been pass interference just so we know but uh other oh fuck i lost my place god damn it let's see where we're at here we are live is where we are at (laughs) 9 40 central at 10 40 eastern right now on the bottom network (laughs) i love it running backs too but i don't know if you saw it um pro football pro football talk sent out a, a story the bears are on pace to set their record out of all the great running backs they've had, Sayers, Peyton, Neil Anderson, Forte, on and on and on, this year they're on pace to set the franchise record for rushing yards. Did yeah. you know that? Uh, I, I'm not surprised because the quarterback's on pace for 1,000 right. yards. Yeah, yeah. This could be the year they break their record for rushing. But they're also now scoring points. I'm surprised you didn't ask me to stop it when you said uh, Fields is on track for a thousand yards because that's what you were saying repeatedly at the game Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want to just keep talking on my own cock, but yeah, that's a good place <laughs> to stop. <laughs> well, let's be clear here: I'm not talking on your cock. Or anybody. <laughs> I they started he was out get historically on the bad game. scoring points. <laughs> what was that? I thought he was going to get 200 on Sunday. Honestly. Well, fuck, he could have, you know. He would have tucked the ball under a couple of times instead of throwing it to to Equinemius St. Brown. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and in a matter of now nine games, they're scoring 30 a game for the last three games. Pretty incredible. It's been a great transformation. The line still isn't totally worked out. Yeah. It's still a work in progress. But it, it's fantastic. And to me, I took more out of these games and this game in particular against the Dolphins than I did over a playoff year in 2020. So, like, for the people who say it's a loser's mentality to enjoy a loss, I disagree because I believe this will lead to sustainable wins and winning seasons in the future. I think all those years did was pacify you. I think a singular win just pacifies you. I think when you're upset that they lost... You're you're looking you're too single minded. You're not looking at the big picture that they may have solved the biggest issue that has stared the Bears in the face for many, many years. But I also believe some people are going way too far <laughs> saying what we really have right now. This is great to be enthused and to love, but I, I let's take it one step at a time. Like Sylvie's making a really good point there. Really good point. This, I this. guess, but maybe this is just like the Bay or Chicago in general seems to, you know, you know, every time we get, I shouldn't say we, I don't live there, but as a fan, you know, every time we get something like whether it's Cutler or something supposed to be so good, it just seems to never work out. So maybe I think that the, all the disappointments are kind of what Mark Silverman is talking about right there, but. Uh, I mean, I guess it's a fair point, uh, I, but I think like it's okay to be excited too, though, man. This guy's earned his praise. You know, maybe I bet if he were in any other city right now, he, <laughs> there wouldn't be all this yes, but. Mm -hmm. I agree. By the way, I'm going to ask the current mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, to make you an honorary citizen of Chicago. It might help her win the election if she follows through on that. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that. Yeah, well, I doubt it. The too, election but... and me helping. So, <laughs> just like four weeks ago, no one was. We we preached four weeks ago. Do not stamp the kid with a bust label. No. Patience. We said this. Do not stamp him with a bust label. And I would suggest to you, don't don't usher him into Canton right now yeah. either. Yes. So let's let and and which <laughs> is exciting. Uh, we could see some more of that on Sunday. And neither defense has played particularly well. When you think about the matchup this weekend at Soldier Field, both offenses are capable. Although Detroit's has taken a big, you know, they've done a big 180 from where they were early in the season. They have not scored points uh, in abundance here in recent weeks. They got shut out a couple of weeks ago. I mean, they went a stretch of 12 quarters, Yurko, where they, in 10 of those 12, they failed to score a touchdown. You know, that's yeah, not that's, a very, you know, yeah. so as good as that offense looked uh, in the first month of the season, Detroit's regressed right. a little and they traded yeah. one of their best weapons away. They've had some injuries they've had to deal with, too. But we could see another one of those back and forth exciting offensive games on Sunday. And uh, it beat the alternative when you almost felt like your team could never get to 17. You know, it was like, well, as long as they can hold the other team to below 17, right. they've got it's like, what in this day and age? And so. I don't know. It's kind of nice. It's been a little bit rewarding. I do agree with you, though. It's time, I think, a little bit for all of us to take a deep breath and say, let's still see. There's still a ways to go. Um, I'll, I'll read you what the Ringer wrote in their latest power rankings about the Bears. And, you know, we debated a little bit yesterday, how would we power rank things based on some of the advanced metrics and some of the differentials? Like, I, I think I still would lean towards 
Buffalo maybe being number one, but they do have two losses. And you said, like it or not, the Eagles are an undefeated team. So in your mind, you said you got to kind of put the Philadelphia Eagles one. And if you want to put Buffalo two, put Buffalo two. That's exactly what the ringer has done. Phillies one, Buffalo's two, Casey's three. We totally agreed with that. The Bears check in 26th on the latest power rankings. And this is what they write. Well, we've never been so happy to have our team rank 26th. The good news for the Bears is that Justin Fields continues to look better every week. And the offense is finally catering to his strengths with an increased number of design runs. Uh, is that losing in Week 9 only benefits where the rebuilding Bears will pick in next year's draft. And they still are projected to have $45 million more cap space than any other team. No one should bet Chicago at plus 15.50 to make the playoffs this season, but signs continue to point to a significant turnaround next season. Ooh, makes me warm and tingly a little bit. Like, we've never been so excited to have a 26th-ranked team, but I think we're starting to see there's some stuff for this offense to build on. A lot of work still needs to be done. And these last eight games, I think, are important. Can Justin continue to develop, and how do they integrate Chase Claypool into everything? That is our media mashup for this week. What'd you think, Dan? Oh, you know, it was uh, good shit. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't have an opportunity to listen as much as I used to. So, I, I used to do those early on, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't get to listen to it because of travel and stuff. I didn't get to listen to anybody's post game this week. So, I, I would have liked to have heard more people bitching about that pass interference call myself, but. Yeah, you know, uh, as I was putting this thing together, I was so busy. When I when I have the uh, Gabriel show on Tuesday, it gives me less time to work on it. And so when I started putting it together, I'm like, man, there's so many other topics that I'd love to to cover on this, but I just don't have time. And right. I wanted to cut together a highlight reel of uh, our event on Saturday. So let me play that real quick, and, and just uh, I'll tell you guys, I slapped this thing together. It doesn't have the production value that I like to put on stuff. But uh, I want to I want to thank first and foremost my wife uh, Donna for organizing uh, this event at Kings Entertainment for the Barflies and Barroom Show Hosts. We had a fucking fantastic time. We had a uh, great attendance. You know, Foster Covers was there. Laz was there. Uh, who's the guy again? That uh, JB. JB yeah, Bonds. Bonds. Think of Barry Bonds. J Bonds. Bonds. Yeah. Uh, so. I, I cut together a short version of some of the activity from uh, this uh, this week's action at uh, King's Entertainment. And my hope is, is that uh, those of you watching will say, shit, that looks like a really fucking good time. Next year, I'm going to go. Here it is. Quarterback? 100%. 100%. The past two weeks haven't shown you that. 
I, I can't help you. He's, he's the future. He's the I future. love that. I love that thinking. Yeah. Is there anything about his play that worries you? Uh, he's just got to be quicker with his decision making, but that's that's going to get better over time. He's a young quarterback. I think I think uh, I think we got a we got a good one. We got a good one. Anything about Justin Fields' play that worries you? Yeah, his pocket awareness. Um, also, you know, he's got to stay healthy. Guy can't take those hits. We're going to need him later on as we build the team. So, build the team around him. So, yeah, that's important. There is one other thing. He's not a Puerto Rican. Yeah. <laughs> what is your level of confidence that Justin Fields is going to be a franchise all-star quarterback? Nine. I like nine. Yeah. I yeah. like nine. Well, it's either all or nothing, right? You're all in? All in. He's a 10. He's a 10. Tom? No... I will go eight and a half. Oh! <laughs> oh! But not because of him, but because of what we've seen the Bears do to quarterback. <laughs> I have all the confidence in the world in Justin Fields. i got to have more confidence in the Chicago franchise. But I love the kid. Justin Tom Fields or Gary Huff? <laughs> That's a show in itself. Uh, Didn't Doug play with Gary Hunt? Yeah, and and, and uh, Bobby Douglas. Bobby Douglas. Yeah. I love Bobby Douglas. I'm a big fan of Bobby Douglas. Absolutely. absolutely. But I don't know, Laz. I think his answer deserves an ass kicking. You guys take care of that, all right? Uh, how are you, girls? My Spanish is good, right? Go there. I love you guys having a good time? Yes. All right. Thank you. Yeah, baby. Here go, here go, here go. In other news today, when we were <laughs> It went back. Did you see that? How did Daddy do? This thing weighs about 800 pounds. <laughs> oh, sorry, Mike. That's all right. Oh. I shot at 83. fucking good time and one of the things that uh made it such a good time was the opportunity to uh, see so many of the kids there tuchish kids and uh, a bunch of other kids there danny shimon brought his son and you know uh, uh this is this is definitely an r-rated show but uh we love kids i love kids i know dan aguirre you know has kids 
that he's never met. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't say that. I'm just kidding. But you know, Dan, do you like kids? Um, I feel like I do the best I can around kids. Like I, I don't feel a hundred percent confident that I'm connecting with them well enough. But really, uh, yeah. That's a, I mean, tell me more. Well, you know, I mean, uh, I don't want to use words that are too big for them, but I don't want them to think that I, I'm not interested in what they're saying. It's just I, I don't know if I'm saying the right things. You know, like I certainly don't want to be dirty around them or something like that, but I don't want them to think them just some boring old guy either. So, but I, I don't know necessarily how to, how to connect with uh, pre like teenage kids, but you know, I mean, I try for sure. Yeah. I, I, I like to think of myself as kind of a cool guy with the kids and so forth. And so I went over to Danny Shimon's son and I said, Hey, uh, you fucking any girls in school? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't go over real well. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I did ask him, do you have a girlfriend? And man, when I said that, he like, his expression changed. He went over to his father and he started like punching his dad and, and stuff. And I'm like, he really wants to be punching me. I'm sorry, Danny. Uh, he thought I was trying to embarrass him and stuff, but I was just trying to get a get a smile at him. But I love kids. My, my point of bringing that up is that next year's event too will, will definitely, it will, will definitely be fan uh, friendly or family friendly. And uh, hope, hopefully we'll get some more people. Well, that that kind of was uh, Saturday, right? I mean, wouldn't you yeah. consider that? I mean, I mean, there was some booze. I don't know if that if that means family friendly means there's no booze. I was oh. going to say, other than that, I mean, there was a couple of times maybe myself said, "God damn it, if I didn't get the spare," but you know, for the most part, <laughs> I think it was still a family friendly event this week. Absolutely, that's what we were we intended to do, and I think we were uh, successful. Besides, other than my stupid comments to Danny Shimon's son, uh, no, yeah. And by the way, how did you bowl? Uh, I won that that game that we finally played, but it wasn't like anything you should brag about. It. I think I finished with like a fucking eighty nine or something, but somehow still won ninety one. Maybe it was it was it was not good, but I still won the game. If that's if victory is what matters. Then I, I was victorious. Well, I got to tell you, I, I saw you bowling, and as as you bowled more and more, you got better and better. And you got you have a really interesting stroke. I mean, the ball is in the air for twenty five yards before it starts rolling. I've never, <laughs> I've never seen that before in a bowler before. I I don't know how to bowl, man. I just I just go. I mean, plus again, I was suffering from carpal tunnel really badly too. So not to make any excuses, that's not the reason. I didn't bowl better. I hadn't bowled in a few years. And yeah, I mean, I just kind of wing it, you know, I'm not certainly not a pro like Mike North was like, he took a class. He said, yeah. Uh, and Mike yeah. is a competitor. He was really upset when he didn't hit a strike or didn't pick up a spare. He was pissed, man. He's a super competitor. I worked on his uh, biography material. And when he says he, he, he sometimes regrets that he was such a competitor because he, you know, feels like maybe he was an asshole towards other people. <laughs> he I know. I, cut. <laughs> I was. I, I did that. I know my ex-wife would tell me that she hated going bowling with me because I would get so mad at myself. Like my high, my best game ever was a two thirty, mm -hmm. and then like the game I followed that up with was ninety five. I just, it's just I can't get consistent. And uh, yeah, I used to care a lot, and she, you know, would 
say I was alienating her by, you know, by just being competitive. So I tried to transition to that and say, let's just have fun with it. And if I look stupid, then so be it. And and I tried, I did the best I could, you know, and I, and I didn't want to be an asshole to anybody or seem uptight about not bowling greatly, you know? No, you did good. Uh, by the way, uh, Retro's comments that although you can be cool but remain the court man at 100 feet distance is the chat comment of the show. <laughs> well, congratulations, Retro. All right, is Johnny Santucci ready to have some uh, fun? All right, here's what I'm going to do, Tooch. This is something I, I we never planned this, but I'm going to roll your open, the Bear State of Affairs open, and when, when it's done, you're going to be full screen, and you fucking take it over and crush it. Okay, brother? Oh, man, look how nervous he is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here it comes, the Bears a State of Affairs. I believe I got it queued up right here. <laughs> Shit. Wrong guy. <laughs> hey, that's not Tooch. There he is. All right. Bears State of Affairs, Barflies, Week 8. The good, the bad, and the traded. Week 9, run, Justin, run. Well, Barflies, last Sunday's game against the Dolphins was an exciting back-and-forth offensive fireworks show that featured several lead changes. And as Bears fans have come to expect... A chance at the end of the game for the Bears to win it. And maybe also a special teams gaffe that probably cost us the win. That's become part of the script, too. Although the Bears came up short, losing 35-32, to 32, it felt like a win. Because it was a Justin Fields coming out party. The franchise quarterback of the Bears ran for an NFL record 178 yards. The highest single game total in NFL history for a regular season game. If that wasn't enough, Fields also had a 61-yard touchdown run, the longest touchdown run by Bears quarterback in team history, and it was a thing of beauty. Yes, the Bears finally have a running back that could take it to the house. (laughs) The great thing is he plays quarterback. And much like the Cowboys, the Dolphins' defense did not have an answer for Justin Fields scrambling. After another first down run by Fields, the Dolphins were so flustered, even their head coach told Fields on the sidelines to stop running. Just knock it off, man. Offensive coordinator Luke Getze called a great game, and the Bears had a really good offensive game plan. There were play fakes, quarterback runs and rollouts, play action passes, all deftly executed by Fields, who sold the fakes like a seasoned veteran. Even Bears fan Dan had to be surprised that Cole Komet caught not one, but two touchdown passes. Yes, the Bears offense went toe-to-toe with the high-flying Miami offense, nearly matching them score for score. Too bad the Bears were also playing versus the officiating crew. You know, I hate to be that guy who blames it on the officials. Ah, fuck it. I'm going to be that guy. I got to be that guy. That was absolutely fucking blatant pass interference. The plays like these seemingly never go the Bears' way. On third and ten with a minute and a half left of the game on the line, newly acquired wide receiver Chase Claypool was mugged a full two seconds before the ball arrived. Unbelievably, the official standing four feet from the play did not throw a flag. 
what the F? Bears fans can only ask themselves when, if ever, will the Bears be respected enough to start getting these calls? We do know a few things here at midseason. This is the closest we've ever been to a big-time franchise quarterback. This is an exciting young Bears offense led by an exciting young player as a chance to be one of the NFL's next big shining stars. We know that this season, the Bears are a million times more exciting than the miserable Packers, and it feels pretty great. We know that this season, Justin Fields has a higher quarterback rating than Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Kirk Cousins, Kyler Murray, Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Stafford, Ryan Tannehill, Russell Wilson, Jason Goff, Carson Wentz, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, a checked-out, drug-addled Aaron Rodgers, and even the GOAT, Tom Brady. So where are you at, Bears fans? Are you loving this young quarterback? Imagine Fields in this offense next year with one year of experience, a better offensive line, and more weapons. I wonder where all the Fields is a bust fans are after this last game. Yes, there are a lot of questions after this game. How will the defense stop teams? How will opposing teams game plan for Fields? Can the Bears ride Justin Fields to a playoff berth at a weak NFC this year? Bears fan Dan probably thinks so. So why can't we? If anything, Week 9 has given Bears fans optimism, hope, and a reason to watch every week. The Vikings are building their NFC North lead. The Packers are floundering after a loss to next week's opponents, the hapless Lions. And that is Bears State of Affairs. That was your absolute best. (laughs) That was sensational. Really, really nice job, Tooch. Did I get it? Really nice. (laughs) I got every little spot. (laughs) You you underlined it and exclamation pointed it. Uh, Dan, you got any problems with Tooch's? No, I loved it when he said, "Fuck it, let's let's do it anyway." You know, (laughs) complaining about the official. I mean. That I mean, I wish something would come out of that for real. Like, there's got to be some accountability. Last season in Pittsburgh, we got that bullshit fucking taunting call that cost us the game, and this year, this the Zach Miller play, you know, in 2017. It's just God, you don't want to be the victim, but I mean, this shit's happening, and if it is happening, it, it's and you're intellectually honest about it. It doesn't make you a fucking whiner or something to acknowledge that this shit's going on. Right, absolutely. I watched the game. This is the second time I watched. I watched it again today before the show, you know, Mm because I was talking about how I saw Jack Sanborn like catch three kill from behind. He kind of like dove and caught his foot, you know. But still, that was a nice tackle near the goal line. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, I watched that play with it where Claypool was. It was so freaking obvious. Come on, it was so obviously pass interference. The guy was there like a full second or two before the ball. And can and we guy, please stop calling the stood there? And can we please stop calling the Darnell Mooney screen bubble route bubble route bullshit? I mean, that gets two yards every time. And we run it six times a game. It's like back in '99 with Cade or Shane Mc, Cade McNown or Shane Matthews or even Jim Miller. They they do that to Marcus Robinson. He'd take it to the house. Mm-hmm. Darnell Mooney barely gets two yards with that. And it's every time they run it. Yeah, please stop calling that play. I wish I wish there was a a analytic service where I could punch in what is the yard uh, per gain? What what is the average yardage gain on those Darnell Mooney bubble 
screens so that I can get the information because if I were to guess, it's probably 2.3 and about you know, two yards. Yeah. So they say the that's those bubble screens are an extension of the run game. Well, mm-hmm. two yards in a run game ain't gonna cut it. So fuck that mothball mothball that play. Uh, well, run a smoke screen with another receiver then. Claypool like just change has it up. A success with it. Claypool can run. So he got some size. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. And it seems like those bubble screens work better when they're throwing it to the big guys that they typically have blocking. So maybe. Maybe they should evaluate that. I, I really do wish there was a service that would help the analytics on that. And maybe there is. Uh, so somebody knows of one. It just seems like when the Packers run that, there's three people there ready to make blocks too. And they always get seven or eight yards and the Bears do it. There's three people from the defense that's right on Mooney's ass. Mm-hmm. It just never works. They read it. It's so transparent. Mm-hmm. Yep, and Beerman is right. He, uh, Muna needs the ball in space. Uh, so, uh, and and I agree with J Two K. Valus would be great on bubble screens. No, and he I, would probably fumble. He'd probably drop it. Don't say that. <laughs> I don't know. Valus is good at anything at this point. I mean, uh, I hope he gets better. But right now, he has shown us to scream. I don't want to scream like Ed. Nothing. He's shown us nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you got Ed soundbite like the one. I don't know I what was, it was. I wish I did. <laughs> I got idiots or something. <laughs> um, Sir Mav uh, on our little video says, uh, "I'm a little behind watching the event video now." That all those say Justin Fields was not Puerto Rican. The guy that I was talking to uh, is like me, a light skinned Puerto Rican, and I, for, I, I some of the names I forgot. So I was gonna, I was hoping to put the, the names on the screen, and I. I, I had like 70% of the names. And so I said, well, if I only have 70%, I shouldn't put anybody's name on. And he was one of the guys. So he told me he was Puerto Rican. And so I made that joke about, you know, the only fault Justin Fields has is that he's not Puerto Rican like me and that interviewee. Tooch, did you have a good time at the party? Did you family uh, have I, I told you at the party, I was like, this is like the best party I've been to in years. Good. You you know? yeah, 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 I heard you say that. I was beside yeah. you when you said that. Of course, I don't go to a lot of parties, but it was fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, man. I, I wish uh, everybody could have been there, man. It was a great time. I mean, we had our own, we had four bowling lanes. It was great. It was cool, you know? wasn't it? The food mm-hmm. was awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, the, the football games were on giant TVs. Mm-hmm. You know, they watched the college football games. And uh, the football discussions were yeah. everywhere. They were plentiful. Yep. Yeah, Bears talk was flowing. Barflies were there, you know. Uh, got to meet Foster and Laz, and you know a bunch of other. Uh, Pookie was there, you know. Uh, all of the uh, hosts, most a lot of hosts were there, you know. It was great. Vinny Parisi and, and Frankie, you know, mm-hmm. got to spend some time with Mike North and uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, the both the uh, draft on tap hosts were there. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. great, you know. Uh, Mac Mike and North, Reed, Mac and Reed were there. Mike North admitted to yeah. me that he's starting to buy into Justin Fields, and that was before the game. Remember, that Look was on Saturday. That. Look at yeah. that. Can't wait to hear what he says after on this next show yes. about Justin Fields. I mean, you can't, can't – Mitchell Trubisky couldn't have done that. I no. mean the, – The 61-yard touchdown run, he was the fastest guy in the field. Yes. It's like shot out of a cannon. I mean, I, the defensive coordinator of the Lions is watching the film and going, how the fuck do I stop that? I got one. Mm-hmm. I really need to watch out for that. Yep. You know? 
Dan Campbell will say something crazy about UFOs or <laughs> <laughs> some, uh, you know, we've got to drown him. He might, he may, <laughs> tell, he has to drown Justin in the lake. Did, By the uh, way, uh, uh, excuse me for interrupting. I, I got to right. share with you the Chicago Bears put this video out, and it really is. Uh, somebody said this is one of the best videos that they've ever done, and I truly uh, agree with that. This is, let me make sure the audio is up. I hope Spice Adams isn't on it. No. <laughs> you and I agree on Spice Adams. Uh, you, you see it on the screen right now, guys? Yes. Okay, here it comes. Yep. Snap is back, looking to throw. Fields jumps up of the pocket. Now he's going to have to keep it himself. He runs, he gets the first down to midfield. And we're at the 40. Fields to the 30. Look at how awesome that looks. Yeah, he thing of beauty. In the end zone. Touchdown. And then the shrug. 61 yard. A Sunday stroll for Justin Fields and the Bears. Two men's fire with fire. Dan, we were there. We were fucking there. Unfucking believable. I think it's being underestimated how special this was. Not underestimated, underappreciated. I don't know. I agree. Uh, You know, it was, I didn't notice the Cliff Robinson Jordan shrug there at the end. Uh, while we were there, because I was too busy, like jumping up and down and high fiving and all that crazy shit. But yeah, it, it, it was spectacular. And like I tell you, he had a similar run in Minnesota that was negated by a penalty, a bullshit penalty that the announcers even said was bullshit. Just how many more of those can they throw? I'm so thankful they didn't throw one on that right there, you know? Mm-hmm. Man, I am just psyched. Uh, did uh, Did you guys see what the uh, uh, coach, Mike McDaniel, uh, was asked about what he had said to Justin Fields on the sideline. I, I have it. I have it on video here. <laughs> That's all. It's, it's so good. Man. This is really good. And, and by the way, <laughs> I'm a big fan of this coach. Yeah, I'm a I'm a fan of. He's an offensive genius. Now, who knows? Once defenses, their defenses always catch up with the offense. So we'll see if he can adapt after there's been tape evaluation. But he's got the players. He's and he's got the brains. But I learned uh, when we had on Buffon 55, we usually preview the, the game and the guy who was uh, the, the guest from, I forgot his name, but he, he talked about Mike McDaniel's press conferences. And so, yeah, this guy is funny. Listen to this guy asking about what he told Justin Fields when he hit the sideline. No, I just wanted him to stop scrambling. And it was pretty irritating because he didn't listen at all. He didn't take the coaching at that stage of the game. I th- you know, I I figured no one had tr- no one had asked him to stop it, so you know I gave that a try. Um, I'll, uh, I think other coaches can learn from my experience that he does not listen, so um, rely on other tactics. You guys definitely didn't do your part in forewarning me, but this that city there's all sorts of wind. You know, like. Uh, this guy's cool, man. I yeah, like this guy. Yeah, he should have been up there talking about a loss, though. Yeah, well, in the Super Bowl, when we meet him in the Super Bowl this year, wouldn't that be fucking great? We we never have good luck against the Dolphins, Danny. You know? No, that's true. Like I said, they hadn't lost at Soldier Field since week one of 88. He, um, um, we saw, by the way, we saw Dan Marino, um, uh, walking right in front of us we had fucking great seats thanks to mr shorty we were like three rows four rows up or we uh, i think th- we were in the third row 
Yeah, yeah I, I should have taken a picture of Marino. He was really close to us. Mm -hmm. And we saw that sideline reporter from CBS really close, too. The lady? Yeah, you see my jaw drop? <laughs> oh, yeah. Fucking beautiful. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Why do they do that to us? Have these gorgeous reporters. We're men. <laughs> Just kidding. God anyway, uh, I, I just love that. The coach has fun with the game, you know, the Dolphins coach. Mm -hmm. you know? So um, I want to play a soundbite from Coach Eberflus talking about uh, Justin Fields and his progression. And uh, he's been saying for weeks that he is a dynamite, a long ball thrower, that that's his forte. Um, and he was asked, you know, how he's improving in other areas of his passing game. I just think that uh, what comes to him naturally, he's naturally a deep ball thrower. I mean, the guy throws it on a dime. That's, that's a skill that I think you have to have or you don't have. And I think that uh, with the intermediate passing, he's really improved on that, you know, because because he's learning the offense, because he's having better pocket presence, because his timing's getting better, because he's getting more comfortable. And uh, he's learned to do that. And Janoko and Getz have done a nice, uh, Getz have done a nice job with that so uh um a credit to all of, all of those guys the, go ahead dan i was just gonna say the hoodie that uh Eberfluss is wearing i have that one except mine's orange but it's the same one but what were you gonna say yeah i uh i, I the bears fashions this year to change change the subject i i think they're really much better than i i've I've seen in recent years. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, every year they come up with new designs on stuff. This well, year. not to contradict you, that one's from last season. But, oh, but well, yes, uh, yeah, I like I, I like that. I spend too much money on Bears gear, so I agree with you. <laughs> but uh, what I was going to say um, is that one of the things that Iberflus didn't mention there is the intermediate passing game is more difficult for all quarterbacks. Now, some are really, really good at it. The reason that it's difficult is because there's more traffic. You know, you got more pass routes, you got more defenders and so forth. And when you're going deep, it's usually one-on-one -on -one or you got to, you know, there's a safety coming over to, to help. And so that makes it a little easier, I think, for some quarterbacks. You just have to, not, not to say that they're good at it. You know, Fields has really good accuracy with his deep, uh, passing and um, but the intermediate passing game is what usually in my opinion takes a little longer for young quarterbacks to develop because there's just so much more traffic to negotiate with so um, from what I've seen he's starting to really and just like Eberflus said because of his knowledge of the offense is his, his, his increased knowledge of the offense because his familiarity with the players and so forth. It's just getting better and better. And I, I'm so fucking excited. Um, who is uh, who is uh, Ryan talking about that she's a freak? Oh, she must be the CBS sideline reporter <laughs> we were talking about. Anyway, um, Tooch, your overall impressions of the game. Uh, do you think, for, in for instance, uh, Mr. Shorty is still holding on to the proclamation that uh, the Bears can go 11 and 6. Do you think that's remotely possible? <laughs> eight, eight straight ones? Yes. I mean, uh, the offense is uh, can hang with some top teams. It's just that, you know, the defense 
Uh, and you know, let's face it, the special teams has got some problems too, man. But well, uh, now, yeah, they were yeah. rated one of the best special teams, and then all of a sudden, that was a major <laughs> collapse. Yeah, a couple, uh, a couple of mistakes have cost us probably a couple games, you mm-hmm. know. But um, yeah, eleven and I, I, if they go four and four, I'd be surprised. What do you, you think? Know, end Dan, up seven and ten. I I can't. I'm not going to come on here and and guarantee anything. Although I was one to know guaranteeing the win against San Francisco, but uh, I'm with Dan. I mean, I don't know about eight because you still got Buffalo. I know Allen's a little banged up, but by week 16 he should be fine. Philly's having a big year, but like I said, I mean, I I'm not sold on Atlanta. Maybe we get our asses kicked there. The Jets are a winnable game, even if they beat Buffalo this week. Their offense isn't that good. Even if their defense is, I'm sorry, Zach Wilson, I don't believe in. Fuck it. Let him prove me wrong. Uh, the two Detroit games are winnable. Hell, maybe Green Bay's winnable now. Yeah. And we we showed in the Metrodome or whatever their new field's called that Minnesota was winnable. And it'll be at our field, and it's going to be cold. And they don't want to be outside anymore. They haven't been an outside team since other than when the Metrodome fell apart. Uh, they haven't been at Metropolitan Stadium now since Reagan was president. <laughs> so they've been indoors. They've been indoor cats for a long time now. They don't want to play in the cold. I look at this schedule and I see a victory against the Lions. Um, it's hard for me to say that they're going to win any of these road games against the Falcons and the Jets. I, I don't know, man. The, the Jets beat the Bills. And the Falcons yeah, but Jeff Shellen got hurt too. I mean, don't you think Justin Fields is better than than uh, Zach Wilson? A lot better. But the but the Jets under uh, what's his, the head coach's name? Robert uh, Robert Sala. I do like him. I do like Robert Sala. But I don't. I mean, God, the Jets are beatable. But I yeah, absolutely. All all of these teams are beatable. Particularly when you look at the Bills, week 16, they lost to the Jets. And that, to me, means that the Bears have a chance against the Bills, particularly since it's a home game. The Eagles are undefeated. That's going to be a tall task. But all, all of these games are winnable for the Chicago Bears, particularly since they're, I anticipate they're going to progress from week to week to week. The, the thing is, is that this defense, you know, who, can they stop? A, a Josh Allen? Can they stop a Jalen Hurts? Can you know they can stop Zach Wilson because he's 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 nothing as of yet. But I, I just don't. I don't know. I, I just Aaron Rodgers will come in and run the same plays that he's been running against us since 2008, and we'll be like, well, we've never seen that before. How do we stop that slant pass? How do we stop that ball behind Erlacher and in front of the safety? It's just like they run the same plays over and over, and we're just like impotent cocks and can't cover it. It's just so I expect Aaron to have a big game when he comes in, like he always does, because he quote unquote owns us. But I think maybe Fields can hang with him, and maybe we can finally beat them this year. I do anticipate the Bears are going to beat the shit out of Green Bay Packers. And so this is the segment of the show. I should do a little uh, animation for this. This is the segment of the show where we're just going to pick on fucking Aaron Rodgers and, and uh, until I get a heart on. Because this is the moment we've all been waiting for. Aaron Rodgers is uh, imploding. Uh, he's self-destructing right before our eyes. Tooch, you and I have done some heavy-duty drugs in our time. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't tell me that you can 
Greg Gabriel disagreed with me or said, I don't know about that. But I, I believe that this ayahuasca stuff that Aaron Rodgers took, that fucking didn't help him. It may He may think that it did. He may think that he's better connected with the cosmos and stuff. I don't give a shit about that. It's made him a worse quarterback. Um, that and no Devontae Adams, that and a poor offensive line, that, it, uh, as, as Dan Aguirre has always said, an overrated head coach, I, I really believe that we have seen the end of Aaron Rodgers as a premier quarterback in the National Football League. You know what Rodgers is dealing with right now? No. The same shit that Jay Cutler had to deal with during his entire tenure in Chicago, except when we had B. Marsh and Martellus. But for the most part, he's dealing with average to below average wide receivers, average to below average uh, offensive yeah. line, uh, a coach that's just so overrated because Rodgers won the, a lot of games when he first got there. He looks like an elf from the Wizard of Oz. Um, so, yeah, he's he's Cutler now. Mm-hmm. And and he has a shittier attitude than Cutler ever did. Mm-hmm. But everyone just sucked his dick anyway and just loved on him. And, oh, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. And people would say that shit. I'm like, I don't even know if he's the best quarterback of his franchise. I mean, I don't know if he's better than Favre. Favre's a piece of shit in real life, but I don't know if if I would if Favre if he's better than Favre per se. I mean, at least Favre got him to two Super Bowls. Is he better than Bart Starr? I I I think that from a pure technician standpoint, Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life. Footwork, accuracy with the uh, uh, play calling smarts accuracy with the pl- uh, passes smarts um it, it, it but the aaron Rodgers i'm seeing this season is not the aaron Rodgers i've seen the last what he's been in the league 13 seasons or whatever which i'm interested in your opinion because i really do believe he's like still taking ayahuasca you know i've talked about this uh quite a bit uh it seems like Cutler is, uh, you know, disaffected with the team. You know, it's, it, it's him and, uh, you know, he's just there kind of by himself with a bunch of guys. I wouldn't be surprised to see him on another team next year. You know, maybe like the Raiders back with Devontae Adams, uh, you know, so, uh, somewhere else where, you know, he's got a better cast around him this year. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Rogers had got a thumb injury like Cliff Victoria says too. So that's, that's part of it. I, Oh fuck! Oh god, he's got a thumb injury. <laughs> Allegedly. Oh my god, that's what I'm saying. What an excuse! Like, oh fuck! And like I said, Cutler was taking shots in his balls to get back into the game in 2013 and splitting, uh, spinning blood platelets and re-injecting himself in his balls to get back to the game. And nobody remembers that or cares. Fuck his thumb. What about Jay's thumb? I mean, Jay. Jay no one felt sorry for Jay when he hurt his thumb in 2011. Like, fuck, spare yeah. me. I mean, I love Cliff. Don't get me wrong. I'm not disparaging Cliff. I don't uh, I, uh, feel sorry for him. but Yeah, uh, I mean, come on, man. Everybody's had – like, that's just a built-in Green Bay excuse for Rodgers. Yeah. He threw three interceptions the other day. He was downing people last week saying people needed to be benched. And, well, I mean, maybe he's the one that needs to be benched. Maybe it's Jordan Love time. Well, a lot of Packer fans themselves – I mean, I never thought I'd, I'd – see this you know a lot of packer fans are like done with aaron Rodgers. that's because they're like petulant children who've had ha- everything handed to them their whole lives Spoiled. and suddenly there's a little bit of adversity they don't know how to handle adversity 
other than the fact that Rodgers loses in the playoffs every year. That's the only thing they've had to deal with. You know, like it doesn't matter how great of a team he's on. You could put him on the 85 Bears and he'd lose. I know he got his Super Bowl on us 120 years ago, thanks to Mike McCarthy. But every other year he's had a great, he's had a well above average defense and great supporting cast, great wide receivers. And and he's got good running backs right now. That fucking guy Jones they have is a horse. And and and, and they still can't win. Every year they get in the playoffs, he has a terrible game and gets a pass for it. This dude is Mr. October. He, he deserves it over Reggie Jackson. I mean, baseball's played November now anyway. So he he's always been a regular season guy. That's why he's not the yeah. greatest. Well, I, I and I agree with what you're saying. Um, I just – let me ask you guys this. From a quarterback artistry standpoint, don't you think that the guy – and I hate to be here on a, you know, uh, giving the guy compliments, but from an artistry standpoint, don't you think that he is one of the coolest quarterbacks to throw with his footwork, with his arm strength, with his accuracy, and so forth? Tooch is agreeing no. with me. I, I think <laughs> we're you're never I mean, going to get me to concede this point because I mean I've seen great quarterbacks in my lifetime uh, that look smooth. Uh, what again, John Elway? Joe Montana looked super fucking smooth when he wasn't getting hurt against the Giants in playoff games. Uh, Jim Kelly looked good. Dan Marino looked good. Dan Fouts looked good. Fucking Fouts was uh, throwing for like 4,000 yards when everybody else was barely throwing 1,200. So, I mean, we've seen great quarterbacks before, but we're kind of just stuck in now. And like we, it's it's just almost like someone who's like, you know, LeBron is better than Jordan because I didn't see Jordan play. And so I think LeBron's better. You know, it's kind of one of those deals. Like, people forget great players from the past. Or what about even as much as I hate Brady or Manning? What about Peyton Manning or Tom Brady? I mean, like I said, they're not my guys at all. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they, they've produced great statistics and won Super Bowls. And so I don't know why everyone just zeroes in on Rodgers. It's like, I just want to pat him on the ass and give him a blowjob and just tell him how great he is all the time. Everyone capitulates to this man all the time. You can, uh, you, if you don't like the call the GM's making, you get to make the decision, Aaron, with the exception of, well, they lost Devonte Adams who wanted to go. I, man, I don't know why everyone loves him. I'll never know. Cause they, they hated Jay cause he made faces or something. And Rogers isn't putting up with diabetes and he's still an asshole. Not even his own family likes him. Cool. We don't have to, you know, like him as a person or anything, but throwing the deep out, he's one of the best I've ever seen, man. But then again, my family one doesn't like tu- me either. So. One of the toughest toughest throws to make in football, and he makes it look pretty easy. That's, you know, that I would say I, I'm, he ha- he's had a great cast around him. So, you, you know, you could possibly say that that, that has helped propel, but, man, he – he made the, he makes a lot of great throws, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's probably not, a I'm Hall not, of Fame quarterback. Yeah, I, I'm with Tooch. I'm not voting him as you know humanitarian of the year. The guy's a dick. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. But there, you know, Ty Cobb was a dick. But was he a great baseball <clears throat> player? Yes. You know, Ty yep. Cobb was a racist. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is an asshole. <clears throat> you know, I but, know I uh, agree with you. I just don't think he's the greatest of all time. I don't think he's the greatest in Green Bay. I'm not. I mean, I'm not saying he's the greatest. Of all no, no, time. you're not. But people say that about him all the time. Mm-hmm. Announcers I, and such—they always say that about him. Like, 
without – I mean, he's won some MVPs. I don't want to take that away from him. He deserves praise for that. Back-to-back MVPs is fucking fantastic. I it just – I don't see why people anoint him of that. And like I said, Bart Starr, what, won five fucking uh, world championships in the 60s? And, who's, you know – Who's better, Dan Marino or Aaron Rodgers? Marino. Why? And Marino didn't even win a Super Bowl. Right. Uh, Mar- exactly. Why? Marino, yeah. you, you asked me who had a you know who looked cool when they threw the ball, who who could throw the ball like fucking 85 yards on a dime. It's fucking Marino. Marino with a quick release. Marino's the only quarterback that could beat the 85 Bears because of that quick release. I mean, he and Joe Namath probably had the quickest releases of all time. And I'm taking Marino over Rodgers too. I, I uh, well, maybe I'm just a hater, and I'll I'll be glad to be that hater. I gotta agree with you. You are a hater <laughs> because we had this discussion too. We're at the restaurant, and I, you know, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, that game was on the on the tube, and and Dan got like angry talking about Patrick Mahomes. Fuck, it at Kiyoshi's in town. Fuck Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Fuck him. He's always getting caught. It, it was the the Tom Brady game was on. It, uh, Mahomes was not on until later. But yeah, because yeah. John Buffon asked me who's going to play on Sunday night, and I had no knowledge of who was playing. And I said, I'm sure it's Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And then he looked it up and said, Oh, it's Kansas City. I was like, Oh, of course. They've got 16 primetime games every year. The officials, like when they were losing the Super Bowl and getting blown out, they're like, Tom Brady's going to get what was it, his seventh ring. Well, we're sure Mahomes is going to get there. Why? What do you mean you're sure Mahomes is going to get there? He's got one. Like it's just this this notion that we have to like. It's like he's Roman Reigns in the WWE, and we have to push him. We have to promote him. He's the guy going over right now. It's his jersey. He's on every fucking shitty ass fucking insurance commercial, uh, every other commercial break, and we just have to publicize him because he's our star. He's they're buying his jersey. So he gets every call. And ironically, you told me Monday morning, because I didn't, I wasn't, I, I refused to watch that game. You said, John and I said there were a few calls. You were right. There were a lot of calls for Mahomes on Sunday. It's like, I told you. And there were a you. couple against him that we could have, you know, we could have said, well, you know, it's, it's surprising that Mahomes didn't get that call. But you're right. He does get the calls. The superstars, too, you have to admit. Throughout the history of sports, it seems like the superstars get the calls, right? Yeah, that's what I said in my Bears State of Affairs. When do the Bears get the respect to get these calls? You know, and, and why can't Justin? Let me ask you guys: Why can't why can't Justin Fields be like the next Patrick Mahomes as far as like celebrity uh, star? You know, star on the rise. Uh, you know, just uh, making commercials and just being you know the uh, face, one of the faces of the NFL, the young shining stars. I, don't you think he can be that? I hope not. I wish him nothing but the worst. I, I, I'm not Fields. I'm at Mahomes with Fields. Fields yeah, yeah, yeah Fields. Fields that. uh, yeah, that's why. I, I, again, when we watch, there was a play in Sunday's game that no one's talking about when Fields got sacked and he got slammed on the side of his head. If that had been Mahomes, the player that did it would have been suspended for two games. Would have been ejected from the game. No call when Fields is hit. So yeah, I'm a bitter bastard when it comes to that. It doesn't matter if it was Jonathan Quinn. If you're going to get slammed and the rules are like that, then the flag should be thrown. But if you barely put a finger on Brady or Mahomes, they throw the flag. And that kind of shit, that kind of shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm envious, envious, envious. But you don't take it out on the quarterback. It's, 
Patrick Mahomes is still a good quarterback. A great He's quarterback. the bandwagon guy, and it just makes me nauseous. That's not his fault from an evaluator standpoint. You, you got to separate that the, the preferences that the, the referees give him. What Patrick Mahomes does over and over again is uh, stuff that we haven't seen any quarterback do. And you got to, as a football fan, I believe you got to respect that. You got to applaud it. You got to, got to say, "Hey, that's fucking awesome." I, I, I hope Justin Fields is going to sur- surpass that. I don't. I hated Brett Favre. I hated Brett Favre, but my the stuff Mahomes did, for the stones, the, the things that Mahomes did. Him, ahead, I don't understand the hatred for him because he's getting favorable calls from the league because he gets endorsement stuff. The, all that stuff is going to happen to Justin Fields. Just. If Justin Fields earns it, just like Patrick Mahomes has earned it with his play. Well, I was just going to say, I have seen the stuff Mahomes has done. Young Brett Favre did all that kind of shit, throwing sidearm, throwing uh, unorthodox. And as much as I don't like Favre, I will give Favre credit, especially in the early to mid-90s. That's who Mahomes is. And Favre, when the team got bad around him, was throwing a bunch of picks, and that's who Mahomes is going to be too. Whenever he's not surrounded by pro bowlers, he's going to throw 25, 30 picks a year. Every quarterback that doesn't have an offensive line, I don't care if the quarterback's name is Jesus Christ, is going to have exactly what I was about to say. That's my favorite quarterback, (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) I love him. The the, the worse the the team around the quarterback is, the worse the quarterback gets. (laughs) Yes, that quarterback, Jesus Christ, he always forgives me for all my sins. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good one. (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh Dan, you you can stick around unfortunately i've got to go to 911 i'm sorry and i'm sorry for ranting on uh your guys don't, but don't, don't apologize that's the way you feel yeah, i that, I, that I, is I, the way Dan i feel made, made a great play and a, there's a, a lot of similarity between Favre's game and the home's game mm-hmm. you know they both had good escapability uh run around and make that little you know tiny like fran tarkenton type you know, escape, you know, button hook escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they both uh, uh, threw, threw the ball hard, threw the ball a long way. Someone just said, well, my li- and I agree with you too, someone said that they, uh, I don't know who said it, but it was about me defending Cutler because Cutler was our guy, man. Cutler yeah. was a bear. I'm biased here, bro. Yeah. If uh, yeah. There it is. I, I'm biased. I to- uh, Fields is my guy. Fields is the guy I'm defending now. And I defended Jay. Fuck, man. I mean, uh, yeah, I defended Mitch. I mean, that's my guy. Of course, I'm going to defend him. You know, but you, I know you and I have talked so much about sports, Dan, that I also know that you have an appreciation for the great teams, the great players, and so forth. It just it seems like a, there are certain players that you you have a a a, a really hardcore anti. You know, yes, I don't even I don't want to watch Mahomes play at all. If if the, I don't care if they're the Thursday game, the Sunday afternoon game, Sunday evening, Sunday night, Monday night, I don't want to watch him play. I don't want to watch Aaron Rodgers play. I only watch him when he plays us. I I just I I loathe them that much. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Jeff George had Jeff George had a rocket fucking arm too. So I mean, oh, and, wow, awful. <laughs> Jeff George, hey, Jeff George made the playoffs a couple times. I mean, and, well, no, because he was never even took the field. He was a third stringer in 2004. Yeah, he never got a chance to get on the field. In, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, but my, the Jeff George was a guy that the league just decided they didn't like. They said he had a bad attitude, just like Jay Cutler. Yep. And that was his narrative, and he couldn't escape it. Jamarcus Russell, they said, well, you're too fat. You didn't watch film. So even though he got in shape, he never got another tryout. Colin Kaepernick, we don't like your fucking politics. You don't get to come back. Uh, although a lot of that's on Kaepernick himself because they did give him some tryouts later. But George was one of those guys that kind of got blackballed. Let's not forget that. I mean, I know that was a long time ago now, but uh, he yelled at June Jones on the sidelines and everyone said, God, what an asshole. Oh, he forced his way out of Indianapolis. What an asshole. But he had some great skill. But on that note, I've got to go. Wait a minute. Before you go, Stephen Mee has one for you. He says, Dan's just angry because he's not getting the Patrick Price. (laughs) That is well played, (laughs) Stephen Mee. That is well played. Very well played. Dan, I'm angry because I'm a Bears fan and we lose. That's why I'm angry. Yes, I know. Oh, Leslie Briones says hello. She's in Chicago. Yeah, I met her on in front of the Peyton She was at the show. That's right. Yeah, I mean, at this party. She's fantastic. All right, gentlemen and ladies and everyone in the chat room, I love you all. I appreciate you all, but I've got to go. Thank you. All right, Danny. Go face some lives. We love you, Dan Aguirre. It was so great seeing you this weekend and giving you a great bear hug. I will uh, talk to you soon, brother. Thanks again for everything. All, all jokes aside, too, it's just great seeing you, too. But literally, yeah. Aldo, you're, like, you're picking up dinners and buying me this T-shirt, man. It's just let me stay at your house. It's fucking awesome, man. Thank you. <laughs> you're the man. Take care, man. Thank you. All right. Be well. It was right. a great party, man. Like I said, just- it was. My wife and I had a great time. The girls. Yeah, I could tell they were having a good time. That was pretty cool. Yep. And uh, I spent a lot of time with Danny and Neil. I had a good time talking about some college players from this year. And those guys really know their shit. And then they sure uh, fucking do. (laughs) Like John Buffon and Mike North were taller than me. I didn't expect that. They're both really tall guys. I think I think North is six one and a half, six two. So yeah. yeah. Um, who was the other guy you said was tall? Johnny Buffon. John Buffon. You know, and the other guy that is really tall, Evan Danny Shimmett is Mac pretty tall, Reed. too. Yeah, yeah, Evan was tall, too. It's like, man, we might be the tallest. I think we're the tallest network. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we, we could put together a really good basketball team. Yeah, because uh, I'm six foot and all those over six feet tall. Yeah, so it's exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. All right, uh, Johnny <laughs> Santucci. I. Uh, yeah, Nasli was there. She says, and that was an mm-hmm. awesome fiesta. It was so great to yeah. meet uh, you, Nasli, face to face finally. And mm-hmm. uh, the friends that you brought, remind me the name of, I think her name was Christina. Uh, and uh, of course, I know Almis uh, from the podcast, but the other woman mm-hmm. was Christina. She was lovely. It was great to uh, practice my Spanish on you guys. Uh, but I want to make sure I got the names. I'm so terrible with freaking names, man. It's awful. awful. Yeah. yeah. I think I but, forgot people's names like a minute after they told me. <laughs> so I was like, what is I it with people like you? I don't you know. I don't get it. You know, I, I, I you're hate. having such a good time. You forget how important it is to remember the name, you know? I guess that's what it is. I, I just, you know, and I'm the same way with, with directions. I'll pull into a gas station. Hey, yeah. can you tell me how to get? And as soon as I pull out of the gas oh, station, yeah. I like, Daniela. <laughs> that was, that's the, her name. Christine, I, I said, Daniela. <laughs> I had a good time, man. I'll tell you, after uh, it was pretty good. Too. I mean, I drove in a monsoon to get there. You know, it was like six hours of white knuckle uh, pouring rain where I couldn't see a lot, you know. And uh, I know poor Tucci arrives at the place and he's telling me like all these horror stories of his drive. I was like, I almost yeah. died a couple times, I think. Oh you know, but uh, 
I, you know, I, I made my, like my wife and I stopped like, I don't know, four times on the way, maybe five times. We're like, maybe it'll blow over. <laughs> Let's get to get. Never did, you know? And, uh, you know, we, we stopped, I don't know, somewhere, somewhere around the border, maybe Davenport or uh, somewhere around the Iowa city around there. And, uh, uh, went to it was a gas station called Quick Start. I went in there, man. It had like the best donut section ever, man. It was like it was like huge. First of all, they had like a case of donuts that were like six doors, you know, and like four levels in each one. It had like all different flavors, man. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. They they did a donut they called a Persian, which I never heard of or anything like that. But yeah. then they had like a dozen donut boxes with all assorted. They had like all these other ones, you know, uh, four four packs. You know, all mm-hmm. different prices and all different flavors and all the toppings. And the, the donuts, a lot of their donuts, these Persian ones, they had like the cinnamon roll icing, which is like cream cheese mm-hmm. icing. It's like a little bit thicker, you yeah. know, kind of like swathed on there, like butter and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I didn't buy anything, but I, on the on the way back, I was like, man, I'd really like to stop and actually try that shit, you know. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't find the quick star, but then like when we got there, like, okay, there's one. I don't think this is the one, you know, one in there. But it turns out they all have this like premium bakery with like mm-hmm. you know, and it was fucking. I'll put that donut up against any other donut. We have a we have a place in West Des Moines called Hertz Donut that's like supposed to be really good. It's it's good, but man, I think the one at the gas station was pretty fucking good, man. It's not often yeah. that you hear a yeah. you compliments from a donut at a gas station. That's for sure. Yeah. Hey, I saved a couple of comments, a few comments from uh, people uh, during the course of the show that I wanted to address with you. Yeah. Uh, first of all, King Pookie Nation says Mario Edwards made a sack for the Titans. Mario Edwards had a fucking great game against the Titans. It was extraordinary. And it bugged me that the Bears gave up uh, on Mario Edwards. Yeah. Greg Gabriel throughout the preseason was saying, yeah. I really do believe Mario could help the Bears at the defensive line and maybe even play some three tech. I think that was a mistake by the Chicago. I did too. Yep. Full agreement, Aldo. Yeah. I, I, I heard uh, Greg Gabriel say that a couple times. I'm like, all right, we got a guy. He's our, you know, we're ready to just plug him in. And then he was gone. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, it it, it, yeah. it it's really frustrating. And, you know, there's this whole thing about uh, is Ryan Poles really playing for, you know, a top three, top five draft pick. And there's been some time, some of the player personnel decisions that he's made makes me wonder a little bit. Um, You know, I I like Ryan Poles. I'm not saying, you know, uh, and I like the approach that he's taking for to rebuilding this team. But I do think that some of the player personnel decisions that he's made a little uh, eyebrow raising yeah. and during the media mashup it's like you're it's- reading from my notebook again aldo oh you know because uh be <laughs> if, I, if i were to ask you have you have we had a gm that's done made moves like this before i, I can't think of one you know I, nope. it's so it's it's a little unorthodox for me and i'm not sure how to think about it you know uh completely because uh you know he kind of gutted the defense and turned the bears into an offensive machine i don't mm-hmm. know uh, whether it was because of the players he got rid of their personality clash, maybe with the, the other players, the coaches or whatever, you know, maybe because of their contracts, but uh, uh, forced uh, the team to uh, re-examine itself or reinvent itself into, you know, like, like I said, I maybe said two weeks ago that we, we have to start thinking of the bears as an over team instead of an under team, you know, mm-hmm. like where games we would play like against the 49ers, the commanders, and the score would be well under the total. 
And now mm-hmm. it's like, no question. It's going to, you know, the games are, are, are more of an over, you know, as the bears could put some, put some uh, uh, points on the board. And like I said, with the Justin Fields rushing totals, it was 42 and a half, 47 and a half. It gave my clients two five unit plays on Sunday. One was Justin Fields over 49 and a half yards rushing. The other was the Bears Dolphins over 45 and a half points. Mm. You know, I was that confident that both of those totals would be well over, you know, and I was like, I should have given out like Justin Fields over 100 yards rushing because the kid almost had 200 yards rushing. But amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see where they set Justin Fields rushing line. Uh, for next week, I mean, Anthony. Anthony said it'll be like sixty-three and a half. He thinks, you know, because you don't want to make it like eighty-three, where yeah, people are like they're gonna start playing the under, you know, and you got a, a good chance at the under and stuff, mm-hmm. you know. So I think Anthony's probably pretty close to what it'll be uh, against the Lions, you know. But right. uh, at sixty-three, I, I still might be tempted to take the over. I gotta tell you, because you know he just uh, is running the ball so well. He really is, man. You know? And it's just getting better and better as they are, you know, strategizing on using his legs as opposed to just having him uh, ad lib off, off of running plays. It's, it's, uh, Getsy is finally utilizing him like yeah. the Ravens yeah. utilized Lamar Jackson's running. Can we ball. talk about Luke Getsy a little bit? Sure. Okay. Cause, um, uh, I saw a lot of stuff I liked with the uh, ball ball fakes, you know, where uh, Justin Fields, he looked like a pro, a veteran, you know, like hiding the ball, one arm out, keeping it. Wasn't that pretty? Look, yeah, very beautiful, man. It was like uh, really uh, that that like really opened my eyes, you know, because I I've been a Justin Fields proponent, you know, just because I could see sort of uh, some things that I really like about his game. You know, not just the scrambling and stuff, but I, I think eventually if he figured out, you know, um, the passing game and now you see the the play fake, the play action, which is what we'd be calling for for a long time. We want to see some play fakes. We've seen rollouts. They move the pocket, you know, a lot of great stuff. And I got to I gotta give uh, Luke Getze some credit for this uh, offensive game plan. You know, if they didn't get the punt block, they'd probably win the game, Aldo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? I mean, yeah. there was at the end of the game, they, they get that call on Claypool. They should have won this game. Right. You're absolutely you know? right. It was why I said it. And, and yeah. the Claypool play, those two plays. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like a win. We should have been. And that's, this is what's uh, been frustrating about uh, the, the season, this game, the Bears uh, season. It's like <laughs> before it was kind of like the Bears fought where they'd get you almost to orgasm, but deny you the orgasm. Yeah. <laughs> now you get. Now you're getting like we're getting to the point of orgasm, but it ain't the bears that are fucking for us, fucking it up for us. It's I know what he's talking about. <laughs> it's like the officials, or you know, you know, so special teams gaff, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. I, mean, yeah, I gotta show it one more time. I think I think I still have it queued up here. This freaking play, uh, this freaking Ryan Dixon. I mean, he's right That's, there. Oh, right in front of the play. <laughs> How did that happen? They're all hanging all over him. Yes, you know, and uh, Tom Fair says something. Right hand, right hand on the hip. That's a pass, yep. that's pass interference. And then brings him to okay, his now body. He's there. He's there early before the ball gets there. Mm-hmm. And there is and Mr. There, he's Ryan. pulling him backwards before the ball gets there. Right. I mean, uh, the team has the option to send 
clips of this play to right. the NFL offices, right? Right. It, they do, I mean, yes. That was probably in the mail yesterday to the offices. Yeah, really. <laughs> you know? Tom Thayer said something interesting about uh, 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 Ryan Dixon. He says, uh, the back judge, he should never be looking at the flight of the football. His job is to be focused on the receivers going downfield and doing battle. And he contends, Tom Thayer does, that Dixon was looking at the flight of the ball and wasn't looking at the receivers. And so when he follows yeah. the flight of the ball to the contact, it's likely that you're not going to see the contact. And so I don't know if Tom is, is right here, but I think it is a legitimate argument that a lot of times back judges are looking at the flight of the ball and it's not a good idea. They're probably trained not to do that too. I mean, like, like Dan Aguirre said, that guy should be fired. Mm hmm. Indeed, you know, and and so that whole thing has to. Uh, Greg, Greg Gabriel talked about it today. He wishes these grades that the officials get were revealed and that it was transparent. Yeah, why yeah. not? You know, and I made the joke uh, on Twitter saying, you know, pro football focused grades, uh, player performance. We should come up with our own website called Pro Football Fuck Ups where we grade the performances yeah. of. Of these asshole officials who we need to have that guy back on the officiating guy that was here, uh, uh mm-hmm. Ostro, Brad Ostro. Oh, yeah, his yeah, Brad, was well, his he... name Brad? Uh, Ostro was his last name, I remember. Yes, but... I think it was Brad, um, uh, from footballzebras.com. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. it's interesting, I, I, I got uh, there was another guy that reached out to me and said, you know. I respect footballzebras.com, but that's basically a fanzine. They're they're proponents of football officiating that will defend them uh, to the death. I, uh, however, have a YouTube channel where we really are unbiased look at uh, officiating. So maybe we'll bring him in and uh, and get a different take on it. Can you do me a favor and put that schedule up again just real quick? Of course, sir. I can do that. Here it comes. So if we're looking at that, we beat the we beat the 49ers. Uh we really didn't have a chance to win the Packers game, I don't think, right? Uh well, we did, but I mean, remember what happened at the fourth down uh at the one yard yep. line? They yep. decided to do a a sneak from the shotgun position. Right. <laughs> so uh that spoiled the comeback attempt you know we could have we could have maybe come back and yeah, i guess yeah maybe come back it, it was a little bit closer but yeah it was it was the packers you know won that game let's just say yeah we won the, against the texans we were beating the giants right yep uh mm-hmm. we were beating the vikings mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know we should have beat the commanders the commanders did not win that game we, we yep. lost the game you're you know, right. so I mean, look at how many. If if a couple of those uh, won, you know, uh, we're looking at at you know uh, more of a 500 record, you know, and and a better outlook at towards the end of the season at maybe sneaking in the back door of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you know, Washington. We we had a chance. We had we had a chance to uh, beat the Cowboys. You know, a couple they got out of hand with a couple uh, bad plays. One uh, one special teams fumble, right? Mm-hmm. And then we should have won against the Dolphins. You know, it's one of those seasons, you know, uh, with a young team that gets close. You know, like I said, one of my Bears state of affairs, the Bears are cock teases. Although <laughs> that's well, they are, <laughs> that's well, they're cock teases. You know, 
<laughs> well, and and it's sort of like you know a kid growing up and, and having his first erections, you know, and saying, yeah. "Wow, this is pretty awesome," you know, and but never knowing exactly how to climax. <laughs> so I think, I think yeah. that's the analogy I would use. <laughs> <laughs> um so what do you like this week in the world of betting have you started doing your card for you know college football and stuff like that is there a, kind uh, of a, a, a tease you can give us saturday you know college college basketball uh had a pretty good day uh for for the opening day which was monday um let me go back to my history here because uh and while you're doing that i want to let people know that on saturday Tooch is the yeah. lead host of Weekend Sports Betting Tips uh, with two outstanding handicappers and Tooch being the third. They really, it's not just great information for anyone laying a bet, but it's just an entertaining show. Tooch does such a great job navigating uh, the show with his guests. It's a breezy show at about 30 minutes. And so I highly recommend it. Uh, try to catch it live so that you can get your bets in. But even if you catch it on demand, it's it's well worth your time. Yeah, we're starting to get a, a few yeah. more people in the chat room. It's been fun. People who like talking college football uh, and stuff, and they're giving good questions in the chat room. Yeah, opening day of uh, uh, NCAA basketball was six and three, which is not bad. Scope. You know, you don't know what these teams are like at the beginning of the season, so you have to really kind of read about how many players are returning. You know, how mm -hmm. many starters they have. They have a uh, enough seniors leadership, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and then I was two and one in NFL should have been three and oh on Monday night, but, uh, for, for a Monday eight and four, not too bad, but today it looks like I'm going to be four, three and one on today. Today was a tough, tough day. You know, it's like not much going on. There's some crappy college basketball games and Mac football games and some hockey, uh, no NBA or anything like that. But, uh, uh, I've had, I don't know, I've had like five straight winning days, so got to feel good about you it. You got to take that. Hey, what do you yeah. think about what Stevie, Steven is asking here? You got a favorite for the World Cup? I haven't. I got to I gotta look more uh, more into it, you know, for uh, the World Cup. A, isn't that yeah. a very popular betting sport, uh, soccer oh, yeah. and the uh, World Cup in particular? I mean, Brazil is always good, you know. Argentina, mm -hmm. I think Germany uh, might be pretty good this year, too. I, I don't know. Uh, when does that start, uh, by the way? You know, anybody in the chat room know when World Cup start? I guess I can hit the Google. It's not like too far off, to be honest. I don't think. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's December. I, uh, no, I think it might be. I'm not sure. Is it next, early next year, or uh, is it sooner? No, it uh, starts uh, Sunday, November twentieth. Okay, so, so yeah, November. Some yeah, some qualifying. Well, no, okay. it's not qualifying. Nice it's two weeks. Actually, yeah. Well, yeah. Yep. Two weeks. So yeah, that's good. I, I was uh, looking at some soccer today and uh, didn't like what I saw. Even though I, I like Bayern Munich, I usually like betting on them. They're like one of the best teams in mm -hmm. the world. But uh, uh, I can't lay two and a half goals. You know, it's just too mm -hmm. much. You know. I got to tell you, you know, uh, I'm not a huge soccer fan, but when it comes mm -hmm. to World Cup, so oh, man, I'm all in. Yeah. It's it's fantastic drama it it's yep. like you know i i don't watch a lot of baseball games during the regular season but i love to watch yeah. the world series because yep. the world series and the playoffs yeah yes exactly every little thing matters 
man, it is fucking fantastic. And I like yeah. to, you know, do a little research for yeah. those big Dusty games. Baker got his, you know, World Series. Yeah, I should have yeah. asked uh, Dan yeah. Aguirre about that because he yeah. he, he would suck da- uh, Dusty Baker's dick. <laughs> I had a, I, I think I told you I was like I was on the hook for Phillies magazine, right, when I, I was at the party. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, we pr- we usually we always produce two magazines at the same time, you know, and they're, all, they're almost all completed except for like the center spread, which is about a ten-page story, uh, and uh, that gets written after the game, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, while it's being written, there's photos from the game that are being worked, you know, wow. editors are proofreading it, and it takes about you know, uh, from after the game around eleven, I'll be probably doing the Super Bowl one of at least one you know i'll be on one of the teams mm-hmm. uh, i was on the phillies and when the when the uh when the astros won on saturday i knew i didn't have to work sunday night so <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't terrible but you know but uh yeah i'll be uh, uh i was on the hook for the phillies so it's kind of fascinating that they do two full magazines and one gets ditched mm-hmm. you know which is kind of cool but retro that's a question for danny yeah. Guire. go ahead and text him why do they call him dusty <laughs> i've said this before retro just reminds me of guys that i grew up with with a sense of humor (laughs) yeah i had Uh, i had a rough day today i took today off you know because i I went got my flu i had to get my vaccine card recreated because i lost it i'm going to going to asia soon i can't get into the philippines without the vaccine card oh my god i had to make an appointment uh two weeks from tomorrow Wow, look at yeah, you. Yeah. Right in the middle of the football season, you're leaving the United What's wrong? My wife's you? mom is sick, you know, and she thinks it'll be oh, the last time that. she sees her mom, but uh, oh, hopefully God. not, you know. But we, she hasn't been in four years. She missed her family, so, you know, mm-hmm. she bought she bought us all tickets and whatnot. And I'm excited, mm-hmm. too. Uh, I'll miss a lot of, like, football and, and sports wagering, so I got to turn my clients over to Anthony and, uh, you know, are you, st- are you are they still going to do the weekend sports betting tips while you're away? I hope so. I got to see if either, you know, someone can host mm-hmm. uh, for them. I'll work on uh, Frankie Mueller has volunteered to host. Ooh, I you know? like so. He's good. Uh, He's good. Yeah. And uh, I got to get Frankie uh, soon. Maybe Aldo can host one. I don't know if you want, happy. you know, if you want to uh, get in there with Anthony and, uh, and Sean, um, but yeah, I'll uh, I'll be going gone for uh, about three weeks actually. Because if I go for just two weeks, it's like because it's like three or four days travel on either end. That's like you know, that's like one of the weeks. You know, I'm with you, man. I'm so totally with you. If yeah. you're gonna make a trip like that, try to extend it as much as possible, without a yeah. doubt. So I was um, doing that. Got my flu shot, you know, and then uh, uh, I had to. Uh, I had to take uh, my mom to a couple doctor's appointments. And then uh, uh, my uh, Camilla has had this earache for like a month. So she went to the mm-hmm. ENT and uh, uh, my wife's phone stopped working. So we're like, we got to get new phones. I'm like, God damn, I'm going to sit at fucking T-Mobile for, I'll bet you three hours. It was three hours to get you know, new phones, you know, figure out all the crap and transfer all the data. Stuff. It's like, I just dreaded it, you know? I you know, <laughs> three hours at the fucking phone, cell phone place mm-hmm. office. But yeah, it was horrible. And I, you know, I got to get home, prepare for the show, 
mm-hmm. you know, what rewatch the game, you know, tune yeah. up bear state of affairs. By the way, when you were rewatching the game, did you notice yeah. that one play that was an end around to um, um, Darnell Mooney and Ryan mm-hmm. brought this up back at 925 central time. That one yeah. end around was supposed to be a pass back to Justin Fields. Did yeah, I thought about that. that? Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I I thought it was supposed to be. He didn't, though, right? He didn't because the pass rush got to him, and so he did the right thing. Justin said he did the right thing and took the ball and ran with it. But fuck, was Justin wide open? If he could have gotten that ball off to Justin Fields, it would have been just the icing on top of a phenomenal day. Can you imagine throwing for a touchdown, catching a a pass, and running for a touchdown? Wait a minute, who's doing that? Gail Sayers, right? Walter Payton. My Walter, friend. yep. Then Gail Sayers had like six it, touchdowns in one game. I thought maybe yes. he like. Yes, I I he didn't throw one though. He didn't no. throw one though. Yeah, no. okay. They were all. He had a punt return, like a, a run, return, a, a kickoff pass. return, and and uh, and four uh, running touchdowns. Yes. Yeah, I remember. Although Dan Aguirre is not here to confirm that. <laughs> yeah. Like All right, Gale brother, Sayers, man, my dad used to always say it. He never saw anything like Gail Sayers run. Oh, my gosh. I mean, yeah. I'm telling you, the guy was phenomenal. Who yeah. was it that uh, – I think it was Mike North. He was asked at the party, who would you have preferred, Walter Payton or Gail Sayers and your team? I think it was Mike who said Gail like Sayers. Sayers. It's hard to argue with that, but I, I would go with Walter because he was a better pass blocker than Gail was. Yeah, I mean, if if you're if you're throwing out durability, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. yep, yeah. What else uh, do you want to cover before we pull the plug on this edition, brother? No, I just gotta uh, want to, you know, just a couple shout outs first. Aldo and Donna for throwing a great party, fucking amazing. The food Thank was you, great. The food was yeah, fucking was awesome too, man. And uh, for Kings and that that whole uh, entertainment complex over in Rosemont is just beautiful. Isn't it's it great? Like, yeah, it's like or I, I was so I didn't even know that was there. It's yeah. like uh, 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 the uh, boardwalk of Universal Studios, mm-hmm. you know, with all the shops and bars and restaurants and whatnot, comedy club, whatever they got over there, you know, mm-hmm. everything uh, is beautiful. Kings is great. The, the host or the bar, the uh, barmaid. Nikki, our Nikki. server, was fantastic. Yeah, our server was fantastic. Yeah. The food was great. The bowling was fantastic. Uh, bar flies are great. Great to uh, put some names of faces and stuff like that. And uh, mm-hmm. just had a great time. It was worth driving through uh, a monsoon. Thank you, man. It was so ha- I'm so happy to see you and your wife. I had a good time. Yeah. Every time I see your great kids, time. I'm so excited because I, I've, been, I've watched them grow up. You know, it's like yep. every year I get a chance to see them almost every year. And, and so I'm watching your <laughs> young young girls uh, grow up. So it's, it's fantastic. It reminds yeah. me of me and my wife and, and yeah. uh, raising our two daughters. So both, uh, both are kind of sick right now. The two of them, I don't know. Not doing her. My wife had to stay home from work tonight. Cause I couldn't mm-hmm. handle both of them vomiting and stuff. So uh, my wife, by the way, my you got to bring your son to one, our, our next yeah. party. You got to bring your yeah. son. It's, uh, I, yeah. I well, love to meet him and, uh, and, and embarrass, try to embarrass him. <laughs> yeah. I should have called him to come out that day. He's like hard to get a hold of though. Sometimes, you know, just He's at that pick, age. Pick up, you know, just then all of them pick up when he wants to pick up or call when he wants to call. <laughs> you know how it is. Those are sons. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my brother. Um, again, this Saturday, it's a weekend sports betting tips. Uh, yeah. And 
you should be following John Santucci's Twitter account at John Santucci VIP. He gives out free plays. Explain how that works, Tooch. I just retweet and uh, uh, you just have to follow me on Twitter and uh, mm -hmm. retweet. You must retweet, must follow. You get the, uh, send it right to your uh, direct message and uh, post it on my timeline too. There you and go. Then, uh, we're trying to think maybe like Anthony thinks maybe Friday nights is better. We get, might get a better crowd of barflies on Friday nights. So see uh, if that's better for weekend sports betting tips. But Well, I, I personally, I think, you know, the Saturday time slot is good. Uh, it, 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 we just have to do a better job of promoting it. And um, so the three of us, the four of us should sit down yeah. and, and chat about that. How can we do a good yeah, job? Yeah because it's definitely a fantastic show you guys know what you're talking about and like i said yeah, it's fun. Times, you guys fun. super entertaining i think we all had three winners too on that show friday night all three look of us that. gave out three winners yep look at that so you know just got to keep plugging away and the 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 uh the the, the betters will uh will come uh yeah you know, and and i i, I love so. what mike north does he does the accountability i have a Account oh, accountability yeah. uh, Monday or Tuesday whenever he, he releases that video. You guys should do the oh, same yeah. thing too. It, it's a way to brag yeah. about your accomplishments. Yeah, it's a good idea. Hey, I'm yeah, feeling we'll do. Yeah. I'm an idea person. It's the execution <laughs> part that I like. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm the same too. Yeah, I'm a ton of ideas, man. Such <laughs> and I are, are, are cut out of the same, <laughs> same cloth. Oh, yeah. I used to be a porn star too, Tooch. <laughs> Not the only one. <laughs> a lot of the bar fires are like we're not used to seeing you without clothes <laughs> <laughs> you heard that really yeah <laughs> that's funny yeah. yeah they're funny uh retro <laughs> should get a tattooed on his ass <laughs> yeah the jeremy yeah i'm thinking about getting a tattoo i don't know if that'd be the one but <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I <laughs> you really are thinking about getting a tattoo <laughs> <laughs> yeah my wife and i were talking about it my friend tom who lives here in des moines he got one i was kind of a little jealous i felt a little pang of jealousy mm -hmm. you know i was like i kind of always wanted an arm tattoo you know yeah let me see if i can show yep. Here. Oh, I didn't know you had any. I definitely would like to get one, man. This is the. There we go. Oh yeah, <laughs> just like the neon yeah. sign. Very behind. nice, very nice. <laughs> and I forgot. Uh, what's the name of the guy that did the neon sign? I forgot. It was a barfly, right? Uh, Bobby Bombs. Yeah. Uh, I think he Bobby was the guy commissioned that commissioned it. Okay. Yeah, he he had it. He had it made. Thing. Yeah. So those of you uh, watching, that yeah. sign there is a gift to me by. Uh, a number of the bar uh, barroom right. show hosts and and some right. bar guys, I believe, also pitched in. So it was fantastic. Yeah. I love that thing. Very man. cool. It's awesome. Yeah, I wish I could get one for everyone in the barroom because it would be a nice little addition. Like to uh, see uh, Bobby Bombs again sometime. I yeah, got to be on a, a show with one once this season. He was on Barfly Tailgate. I was on that show. Yeah, I'm. I'm always afraid to talk about you know what Bobby's up to because I, I, I'm afraid that this the you know the U.S. military will just cut off our connection, <laughs> cut the feed <laughs> automatically. Exactly. <laughs> looking at us. All right, I guess we have to. Uh, All right. On this one, and then go yep. to look at the election results. Although I don't think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to watch Bachelor in Paradise. I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I'm waiting because. Uh, um, 
Crimes of the Future came out on one of those. It's on my Hulu, so I don't know. It could be like Stars or HBO or one of them. It's a mm-hmm. David Cronenberg movie. Do you know what yeah. I'm talking about? Yes, yes. Okay. So I'd I'm going to try and watch that. that before next Tuesday. Yeah, let's let's do that. Crimes, let's do that. We'll have to text Danny. Yes, let's do that as an assignment. That would be fun because I'm a huge David Cronenberg fan. Yeah. Those of you who don't know, he is a horror filmmaker yeah. who is one of the legendary horror filmmakers in the history of cinema. So body uh, horror. That's a lot of it. Like a lot of in the movies, like things happen to characters, bodies that are kind of nightmarish, you know, nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Always hallmark of his, of his movies. I didn't think of it that way, but you're absolutely right. Like, uh, did you see video drone? Yes. Love that. The the VHS tape being inserted in his stomach, whatever Mm -hmm. that, that, you know, and, uh, yeah. Uh, existence with Jude Law and Jennifer Jason Lee. They get the implants and the living controllers. Yeah, you know, I, the, I have the not video seen, game implants. I have not seen that one, but oh uh, man, it's brilliant! Yeah. Really good, man. So you got to uh, check Ed, that one Ed out. Ringers too. with Jeremy Irons playing the <laughs> Dead Twins. Ringers. Yep, holy fuck, slaving what? all day over the hot snatches <laughs> <laughs> while you're out, whatever you know, arguing with his brother. You know. <laughs> Because they were gynecologists, you know, whatever. Yes, that's the inside joke. You're going to watch the movie. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. It is time to say goodbye. Let's see. What do we got going tomorrow? Tomorrow at 2 p.m. It is Bar Down Hockey Talk. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, By the way, I'm going to have a longer version of the entertainment night uh, for the Bar Down guys to share with people. So there'll be interviews with the Tooch and, uh, and, and those guys. So uh, tune in just to watch that and support those guys because they do such a great job or watch it on demand if you can't catch it live. And then uh, tomorrow night, it's Buffon 55. Our guest, who's going to help us preview this Lions game, I don't know if you know him, Tooch, but if you Don't don't, don't no, you know, but he's he's been a no show with uh Mr. Shorty on Bears Country podcast, so you mm. probably wouldn't show up with the perform. Yeah, but uh, Math Bomb Kent Platty. Oh, yeah, guy. yeah, love that yeah. guy. Kent, Raw athletic score. There you go. He is the developer, yeah. the innovator of uh, I think it's it's relative athletic scores where he okay, takes relative athletic score, speed yeah. and weight and, and all yeah. that stuff. He, he comes up with this combination, yeah. I gotta tell you the truth. When I first met Kent and I and he did that, I thought to myself, eh, you know, I don't know if this is really of any value. Well, fucking hey, now it's being used by college football scouts and pro yeah. scouts to help with the evaluation of players. So Kent is a genius. He's a mathematical yeah. genius. He's applied it to football, but he's also a huge Detroit Lions fan. And he's gonna and he, but he's always objective and stuff. So it's gonna be a great interview with him and John Buffon. Chase Claypool be, had one of the highest scores, if I'm not mistaken. I think you are absolutely I think he's right. Like nine point nine eight or something. Yes, and I, yeah. and I think Justin, of course, uh, had that. So that's going to be a great interview. That's Buffon yeah. 55 at 7 p.m. Central tomorrow. Nice. So uh, I know Tooch will be watching. Yeah, I, I always try to catch Johnny Buffon's show. He's the best, right? He is. By the way, I got to say something. I, I'm going to say this t- to John tomorrow on Buffon 55. But John uh, and Dan Aguirre both stayed here, and both were great Yeah. Guys. Um, and but how, how did that go? Because like Dan Aguirre always thought that John Buffon hated him or something, right? Or secretly like, harbored thoughts that maybe John Buffon hated him, <laughs> exactly. I was like, Dan, he doesn't hate you. I no. know, 
it's just it, they have two different broadcast styles. You know, uh, yeah. Dan Aguirre is uncensored, and John, you know, likes to play a, a little bit more because of his professional career. He doesn't want to be yeah, yeah. In where people are talking about cocks and stuff like that. <laughs> um, so, but they were both great guests. Uh, but uh, my wife said, "You got to tell John I'm, that the way he made the bed when he left." was like the exact way that she made it. And so my wife wants to know, did John take a picture of the bed with all the pillows on the bed and all that stuff and then tried to replicate that before he left? Because he, he, he's phenomenal. He was, he's, he's, he's such a charming guy, too. I think yeah. my wife was in love with him. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's a great, great guy. Very gracious with his time. Super friendly. Yeah, isn't he uh, sensational? Yeah. So yep. that's before 55. It'll be on. Uh, John was definitely on top. Yeah. <laughs> Retro, I love you. Uh, so uh, make sure you uh, let people know what we're doing here at the Barroom Network. I don't know what the fuck it is we're doing, but we do it almost every day. So uh, uh, for John Santucci, for Dan Aguirre, and for everybody else in America, thank you for watching. Bye-bye. <laughs>